Alright, that's good. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. you getting the tingles too oh man that's so nice tony all right wow uh we sorry i'm just being sense i'm being sensory tested i have um i have those electrodes on my head to see if i actually have um auto sensory meridian response um and so tony's been testing it out with me welcome to the beer engine podcast it's griff another episode of this uh delightful um uh weekly uh content that gets flooded into your um podcast app without permission just dumps it right in there sort of like a u2 album from many years ago remember that tony that was something that happened a while ago when u2 uh put their album on everyone's phone we're sort of like that i think uh in in that way except we're like u2 but for the me too movement because we do ask permission in the first place we keep coming after you ask permission but you do have to click subscribe i do know exactly what you're talking about and i can remember what it was it was the color ipod that youtube released that free oh, album right, yeah. that nobody wanted how do i know because that was my first ever ipod great pass josh giddy kendrick williams with the three mm, there he is there he is that's some, nice some live commentary on a game that will have been over by at least 16 hours by the time you hear it people that's right. Uh, all right, Tony. So you've been, um, uh, we know what kind of work you've been doing uh, these past few years. I've given you lots of lots of different jobs Absolutely. over the last 60 or 80 weeks or so we've been doing this show. Um, but you appear to have taken on a real new job, uh, maybe not paying that well, but this is uh, apparently cat wrangler, uh, kitty cat wrangler, cat uh, therapist. What, what are you doing these days with cats? Cat discoverer or... Um... Okay. It was kind of like the intro to this show where we had a bit of unwanted ASMR. Um, Mm. I I was getting that for the past two nights um, and all during the day. Now, where my bedroom is located is right next to where we park the car. and Mm -hmm. Park the car. (laughs) There are a lot of garden beds and there's fences and there's, there's a house close by. So... We often hear cat sounds and they reverberate. This sounded like a cat, a very young cat, or a bunch of kittens. And it went on Mm. all through the night, all through the day. It might stop for 15 minutes here or there. And Mm. basically I'm operating on about three hours sleep over the past two nights because it was was right there. Turns out it was actually located in the car. If if you know... Um, the front guard and okay. how there's a plastic guard um, that they use and then there's the metal guard that comes sure. over the top. It had found its way in between the plastic guard and the metal guard and got itself completely stuck. And we worked out today that that's where the cat was. It wasn't in next door under the house. It wasn't in one of the garden beds. Mm. It was mm. it was in the car because it got really, really noisy as it got hungrier. Um. So then you have to work out what to do. No you, no good taking it to a vet. They can't actually open up the mudguard. 
a mechanic's going to charge you. So we took it down to the uh, local tyre cha- changing place um, because we know the, guy, okay. know the guy that runs it. Took it in there. Said, we've got a strange request. And he said, we've had a few strange requests over the year. We've had dead chickens. Uh, I forget what mm-hmm. else they said. Yeah, they you guys had. get all kinds of weird. There's all, the cats are pretty standard animal compared to the stuff you guys are dealing with most of the time. Yeah. Yep. So they... They put it up on the hoist and they could hear it. And so one of the young kids, young kids, he's an apprentice, so he's he's 18 to 20, somewhere in that region. He got himself a glove. He eventually located this cat. And, of course, the cat was really angry. So he grabbed hold of it, got it out. Luckily, there's a vet over the road. So he walked it over the road and... We don't know what will happen with the cat. I'm sure they'll check it for a microchip, see if it's been domesticated um, and registered and, yeah, see what happens from there. But, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to get some sleep because mm. you, you're well aware of the noises that cats make, but when That's they're in discri- distress, they tend to make noise they're all the much time. Worse. Yeah, and very loud. Yep. Very loud for two days. And mm. Um, mm. lucky this was a, a happy outcome because the the cat survived. It's in pretty good health, other than being a little skinnier than normal. But, kind of covered uh, in oil or something. Yeah, no, right. because it, <laughs> of where it was, it wasn't yeah. getting any heat from the engine bay. It was just sort of right. along for Lucky. the ride. So, yeah, that's my cat story. Cat Wrangler has been the first job I've had on this podcast for a little while. I need to lift my employment game. Got to say, I haven't had a job for a while. Well, you know. Um, that's kind of because nothing's happening. So there's not really anything to do. Um, uh, usually I would give you a job in, in sort of this uh, lunatic um, kind of Trump White House scene. But instead we have the Biden White House, which is really just kind of sitting around and uh, waiting waiting for whatever Joe Manchin wants you to do. And that's really not a job, I don't think, is it? You know? No, it's not really a job. It's, it's more... Um bend to my will because I am like this. This is the problem with people like Joe Manchin. This is what Alex Jones talks about with an elite running the country. The elite aren't all powerful. They don't do everything, but they do have unfettered power that destroys people's lives and they just happen to be really lazy with it and don't actually use their power for true evil. They just try to line their pockets. Yeah, and then nine of them didn't even get elected. Uh, they're, those those people do a lot of the life ruining. They just they're just chilling out with those big old robes on, you know. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll have to come up with some good gigs um, for you in the new year. Maybe that'll be our New Year's resolution. Tony is yeah. uh, Tony gets Tony's Tony lengthens his resume. I would love to work for Clarence Thomas. I think that'd be a fun job. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, Brett Kavanaugh would um, have some good butt chugging. Um, I don't yep. think um, he, Amy Coney Barrett. You would is ask human. if you boofed. Have you boofed, Tony? I've never have you boofed. boofed yet? You you've done a lot more oh. college shit. Have you boofed anything? I uh, according to Brett Kavanaugh, boofing means farting. So I think both of us have done this that. Is, well, um, I've done a shit ton of boofing. I, I know that's not. I, I know that's not what it means. But that's what he was. That's what he can, tried to convince. The uh, the Senate that it means was it means farting, uh, but no, I haven't done the other kind. 
I don't believe. <laughs> you don't believe? I like I like that caveat. If it's if it's something that goes beyond the the realm of normal normal everyday intercourse, then I haven't done it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. You know, I'm really not doing a lot of. I'm not much of an experimental type figure. You know, I'm not doing a lot of. We're not, I'm not getting a lot of foreign objects or um, any other people or um, you know anything like that really really involved. But uh, so I, I don't really know what it is to be fair. And I'm not going to Google it because then I'm in trouble. Let's just um, say it involves, if you make, mix a sexual activity with a keg stand, you, you're right there. Mm, well, that just sounds lovely. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass on that. Um, uh, I, I do remember he was, w- w- what was the guy, w- which was what the guy who, who was doing like the, who had some kind of, um, was that the devil's triangle guy too? Was he the same guy? Is that the same guy who was doing that thing? Whatever that was. I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm, I'm awful confused. The devil's triangle. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Uh, I will hold on. Brandon. Let me just, let me over. just see. Uh, he's, he, oh yeah, it is the devil's triangle. I was right. Uh, yes. And it was Brett Kavanaugh and, in the, um, the Devil's Triangle, uh, according to him, it was a drinking game. Oh. But um, it apparently refers to, oh, uh, a threesome of some kind uh, with two guys uh, and one lady. So there you go. Supreme Court Justice, he's running the show, um, the boofing guy. So that's some old news. Oh, yeah. Today's all about stuff that happened many years ago. You got a U2 album on your phone and fucking Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court. So it's cool. Life is good. Now, I have more of a problem with the fact that he lies that he didn't actually do this stuff. Like, if he did this stuff, we all do messed up shit. It doesn't, for most of it, it's, mm. it's not sexual. It's just yeah. dumb most shit. Most of the messed up shit I've done usually doesn't require a hearing. I got to say, no, I also didn't get elected to the Supreme Court, but I would argue that if I got brought to the Senate for like, I stole a few Diet Cokes out of the Memorial Stadium fridge while the band was rehearsing. I mean, that's really, I don't want to act like I'm some sort of straight arrow fucking straight edge nerd, but um, that that's about as that's about as far as it's gone, really, <laughs> for my criminal activity. I don't know. Seems weird, but uh, whatever. Um, Tony, I, I had a thought. I had a loose thought today that that I was actually ho- thinking I'd start the show with. But okay, um, you know, we've already started digging around in here. But you know, it's the holidays. I've been getting all these fucking Christmas cards from people, um, which are whatever, fine, and they you can hang them up on your little tack board, and uh, that's cool and it's cute, and you sort of like, oh, I remember my friends. That's nice, you know. <laughs> but um. I've never done them. We, me and Kelly have never done Christmas really? cards. I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. I don't have any kids. I feel like, I feel like if I had kids, you know, you got to show like the progress uh, or like an update and, and people want to know, but we are just going to look at the same fucking picture of me every year, you know, when, well, I don't know, whatever. That's the big difference between Christmas cards here in Australia and Christmas cards in America. We buy generic mixed Christmas cards that we send out to people. We don't have the personalized photo thing that, that you guys tend to do in America. And that's, 
That's what we did when I was a kid. That was our Christmas card as a kid was it was just like a card when you, you just had like a, <clears throat> you know, sort of a three by not an index card, but it was a folded like five by seven card, yeah. not a, not a big fancy thing. And you would just write like, you know, Merry Christmas, ho- uh, see you soon, you know, or some little, and maybe you'd write a little personalized message in there for people that you really knew. And then you, you, you just throw that in the envelope and you ship it off, you know? You do that on like a Saturday. Now people are just going to Shutterfly and picking the template out and slapping the picture in there. And I think that's fine. I, I don't, I mean, listen, path of least resistance, you know what I mean? But um, it's also like, okay, there's a lot more photography these days, you know? So now, you know, with kids, you sort of want to be like, oh, you know, there's the kids are growing up. That's crazy. But I don't know, for some reason, I'm too self-conscious to be like, yeah, here, here we are. Still, you know, after all these years and getting, oh, he's slightly older and fatter. That's cool. You know, I don't, what, what is that? You so know? you're not going to uh, get out your, um, out of your gun locker or your AR-15s and, and pose with your family <laughs> in front of the Christmas yeah, tree? Saw, That's not I your deal? I saw that stuff too. You know, that was a big deal too, is everybody's got the, we got the Lauren Boebert and the uh, whatever, Massey. Yeah. Out there with their artillery, <clears throat> their oh, excuse me, Tony, with oh. their full army out there. Yep, you know, Omicron's got to me apparently. <laughs> oh no! Um, but they got the full they got the full weaponry out there. Um, so they've got a whole message. Uh, I haven't seen any. This is, and maybe this is part of uh, the problem for the Democrats is they don't have a uh, enough of an identity to uh, have some dumbass. Um, Christmas card, where they can do like a woke Christmas card or something. That's all the identities that anybody has anymore. So it's fine. Um, what would ours be, Tony? If you and I, you and I are, you and I are partnering up, we're going to make a Christmas card for the show. What are we, what are we slapping on there? What is our, what's our Christmas card look like? I imagine it always to be the, I know it's for Valentine's, but it's a classic for me. It's a classic for you. I, Choo choo, choo I know it's not Christmas, but it is Ralph Wiggum. We are known for doing irrelevant Simpson shit because we only watch those first ten seasons. That goes down as one of the all-time classic episodes. That's a that's an all-timer, absolutely. Um, See, I was thinking Simpsons too, but I was thinking more of the picture that Homer puts into his college application, where he's trying to shove an entire cake in his mouth. or the one where he's dancing in, as the uh, in, in like Russian garb, yep. <laughs> uh, in black and white. That that's a good one. Or um, I think there's one with him with a hundred cigarettes in his mouth too. I think that's a, there that's is one definitely would, one of those. Do. Yeah. Now, so uh, any of those three, I think, could be could be us. Um, I, I think I think those would all be winners. The other option is to go with a stock photo of a beer, but not a modern. Stock photo that you would see on uh, Pixabay or Shutterfly or whatever the fuck um, stock image house you want to use. Like a 1980s picture of a beer. Overly poorly saturated. That would be the sort of dime store version of a beer. I like that for us. I think that would really work. Now what's inside of it? What is our message to people? Is it just have a Merry Christmas? That seems a bit 
generic, but it also uh, fights the war on Christmas for our right-wing friends. Um, Happy Holidays, which fights the war for our liberal friends, the war on Christmas. Sure, what's, sure. What's our message to people inside, our non-personalised message? What do you think that'll be? Um, I think for us, for you and I, it can only be one thing, which is that we're keeping the Christ in Christmas. Um, uh, all non-believers, please burn this card. And um, uh, and then sort of a, a backup photo of the two of us holding um, uh, our AR-15s and uh, up in an X uh, over two um, nude ladies who are uh, f- who are fake blowing us. I think is really the only way I can imagine the inside of our Christmas card. I don't know any. I don't know how else you could remember us than that. So I want to take it a step further. Forget. I think based on everything we've said in this show that identifies us as who we are, I don't know any better identity for us than gun-toting, gun-toting sexist losers. I think that's perfect. <laughs> no, I, I think I think we've still got to be true to ourselves. I think we nix the women. I think that's a step too far. Okay. We get yeah. blow-up dolls to do that job. Or mannequins oh, okay. to do that yeah. job. Yeah, that is us better. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, blow up thousand water guns. Probably a <laughs> no, better I like, representation. I like the real of guns. Us. The real guns. I'm oh, okay. <laughs> I can find those around here. Yeah. All right. Well, and then it still says I choo choo choose you on the inside. Actually, I think <laughs> yeah, I like that. Really deal the deal. Um. All right. I think we've designed the world's perfect Christmas card. So I'll I'll get on I'll get on Shutterfly. <laughs> see if I can get that set up. Uh, we are. I will point out that my our house is a mere, I would say, a half mile at the most from the nearest adult fantasy store. So I could I could probably get my hands on some blow up dolls, Tony. Really, without without issue. Um, I see people. I see I see some guys wandering out of there every day. I'm also near Tony. I don't know if I told you this. I don't know if I mentioned this. I'm near a famous um, TAI landmark called Babes uh, Gentlemen's Club. Oh, uh, which um, is 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 also maybe up two miles away at the most, mile and a half, I would say. So, um, haven't been there myself. So, that, uh, that's probably do a not do not thing. can't vouch for any of it. Yeah, I'm gonna say I think I believe that was an all nude. That is correct. Uh, you cannot get a beer place. served at Babes. So, but I believe you can bring your own. Is it BYO there? I, I thought there was no alcohol served on the premises. You'll have oh, to I check don't know. it out. I thought it would. I, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, <laughs> I, I, if I, I thought it was, um, but I do remember the rule being very silly that if you were going to have a vagina, you couldn't have beer. Yes. I thought that was a very weird, a weird thing to decide was you can only have one or the other. <laughs> I don't know why that became the line. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. But that place is also very close. So I don't know. Blow up dolls are probably left and right around here. Um, all right. That's probably enough gross weird shit for the next five or ten minutes. Uh, Tony, I did want to. I did want to point out um, that this is. Well, this is not our final show of the year. Um, so uh, you can't be mad at us yet because for not doing our annual awards because we're still going to do them. And actually, if you're part of our Discord, and you should join our Discord if you're not, by sending us an email or dropping us a note on Instagram, we're going to ask you guys to participate in the nominations for our Drippy Awards. 
Exciting. Yep. Um, they're back, gang, and we're going to do them um, in two weeks. Uh, will be the official Drippy Awards. That would be the 30th. We will release that on the 30th of December. I'll be back from Chicago, uh, probably with uh, my own set of nominations. So I'm going to start a channel on the Discord that's just called Drippies, hashtag Drippies. And uh, we'll put up a few categories. Some of our categories I've scribbled down here so far. Um, I would say uh, I have dumbest news story. Uh, I think that's a good one. I have worst beer. I do have best beer. I think we should do best beer and best lager uh, that we've had this year. Um, I have um, uh, what we did last year as best brewery. I know last year our winner was burial. Uh, We were fighting burial or half acre last year so we'll do that one again but if you have if you guys also have ideas for some awards you would like to nominate uh uh, people for i think that's a a good one i would say uh actually we have to add this one tony i just thought of it best beer food like so best we we had a lot of cool snacks put up there in our in the kitchen segment so we got a a channel so we got to get some some nominees for our our best food items we're going into overtime in happened. this game because Shay Gildress Alexander. Oh, no, we're not. Um, somebody from the from New Orleans Pelican hit a half quarter to end the game after Shay Gildress hit no, one from didn't. the logo. Yes, they did. This finish to this game is crazy. That's um, crazy. This is half, half court shot to win. Sweet bank shot. You didn't um, call it, so I don't know whether it counts. Yeah, there are a lot of <laughs> nominations. I want some offbeat awards too, like. Our, All right. Our best game. Oh, love best to see game, a nomination sure. For that. Our worst performance. Um, our most <laughs> co- incoherent statement. There are a lot in that category, but whittle it down for us. Um, worst statement. That's good. Uh, yeah, sure. We could do some show-related uh, um, awards. You guys can make fun of us or the dumbest thing we said. Now, don't speak too soon, though, Tony, because we do still have one more show after this one, even, to say something um, incriminating or stupid or disgusting. So, um, you know, maybe who knows what we're about to say? Um, who knows that we might just say pee-pee-poo-poo uh, for the next 45 minutes? I don't know. It just might be all pee-pee-poo-poo. Pee-pee-poo-poo. If we say uh, that for the next 45 do. minutes, we both had concurrent strokes, and I think that's a big yeah. issue. Well, then, then the drippies will be canceled. All right, if that happens, or else no, or no. Tyler and Tyler and Tom will have to host it. We we can we can get on there and be drooling. That's fine. We can do yeah, that. Best drool. Um. So yeah, drippies channel will come up. If you're on our Discord, get on that. Get uh get some nominations in. If you're not, yep. nominate some categories. Then get for in there, us gang. And nominate some specifics. We'll um yep. we'll certainly um. We'll choose what we like to choose because hey, we're the, we're the authority here. We are the Donald Trumps of of that's right. We're running this podcast into the ground. You can't stop us, mm-hmm. um, and we'll bring you down with us. That's fine. We'll we'll treat you kind until you do us wrong, and then we'll discard you. That's the way we roll. we've run it. We've we've run it from the from the ground all the way to the ground. So um, I would say 
you know, it's been it's been quite the slog, but uh, we've 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 made it eighty. What is this? Eighty something times now we've done this. I mean, come on. It gets confusing with our numbering system, and we had a Super Bowl show in there at some point. So. Oh yeah, I remember that. And I messed up. Speaking a bunch of the of times, Super Bowl, Tony, the Super Bowl is going to be in Las Vegas in two years. Did you see that? I did not. Does does not surprise me. Is Las Vegas going to become the new San Diego? Because they always seem to put the Super Bowl in one of two places. San Diego, which made no sense to me. Um, It's nice weather. Yeah, but Miami is nice weather, but with shit going on and cool beaches. We'll we'll dispute whether I think Miami is nice weather or not. I guess guess when the Super Bowl is happening, that's decent. That's decent Miami weather. But it's still pretty wet. Um, San Diego is pretty dry and pretty... Like nice temp. It's it's really in the seventies pretty much all the time. Like the Hard Rock Stadium um, is not great, but compared to that stadium in San Diego, that was one of the worst stadiums in the NFL, wasn't it? Yeah, plays awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, the stadium here is amazing. Haven't been in it, but it 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 apparently is is gorgeous. Um, uh, I'm excited to go there. I got I have to go to a UNLV game next year because I I didn't get the chance to do it this year and take a. Take a peek at the uh, Allegiant Stadium, um, but uh, I, I already announced. I, I do want to get it out there that I will not be getting any Super Bowl tickets. So, <laughs> uh, there are people who are just compulsively will ask you if you live in the town where the Super Bowl is or where anything happens. They're like, "Ooh, will you get tickets set?" I'm like, "Well, I just live here. I don't. They don't give everybody who lives here any tickets. We don't get. We don't get anything. You don't like get that. free show tickets for everything in town. All the concerts we come get, to town. Listen." There are some great locals deals out here, but it's not for that. It's not going to be for um, the Super Bowl, uh, any Raiders games. Um, Adele, you're not getting any free tickets. Adele, we will not be getting anything for Adele. Did we talk about Adele yet, dude? That is some crazy fucking shit out there, man. I don't know. I know Um, somebody that's bought tickets. He goes, I won't give his full name away, but it starts with um, Johnny and ends in Forex. Oh yeah. He bought tickets. Nice. So he did he drop the couple grand, I guess, at least, right? He bought tickets for his daughter, second back row. Uh, they were four hundred and forty dollars a piece. Oh, he got a steal, dude. I saw I saw some for twenty eight thousand dollars. I saw twenty eight thousand dollar tickets for Adele. Which is I ridiculous. Mean, you're losing it, dude. I, I don't I don't know what I mean, four hundred and forty dollars to see Adele is still that's more than I'm willing to spend on Adele. Um you know, Kelly got to go see Lady Gaga with with Jameson, and they had a nice time. And but they, I mean, they went for like very low amount of money. <laughs> I mean, I know that people are crazy about Adele. People are crazy about Lady Gaga too. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I think whatever. at the moment because Adele really tours. I think she's in another stratosphere when it comes to concert ticket prices. Like Lady Gaga tours a lot, which is good for her. Yeah. Um, and, and good for Adele. Hey, if you you can charge that much money and people are willing to pay for it, go for it. But yeah, yeah. sure. No, I get I get you for sure. Um, although I did see some quote from her that's like, "Well, I want to make sure uh, we don't just want wealthy gamer gamblers getting free tickets in the show. We want my real fans to get in." I'm like, "Girl, you're selling tickets for 28 G's." Like nobody yeah. who's ever heard your song on a radio is going. They <laughs> nobody these people have never listened to terrestrial radio in their lives. I don't, I don't know. When are you somebody that still listens to ter- 
terrestrial radio. Jesus, that word's hard to say. In- uh, actually, only the last few weeks because, or a couple of weeks because wow. Kelly likes to have the Christmas radio station on. Just pick a Christmas fucking stream. Haven't you got Spotify or Apple Music for fuck's sake? Just pick one of those and you're golden. Yeah. And, hey, if you really want to do it, what we had in the 80s, just play um, John Lennon, So This Is Christmas, for the entire time because that's all my local radio station used to play for a Christmas song. It used to be played every hour. It was, um, yeah, a really odd choice when you think about the, the meaning of that that song and what it actually means and how unchristmassy it is. It's like the other day I went over. The John Lennon song? Yeah. Yep. He was, you know, he finished that song and then whip his ass, whip his wife's ass for a while. You know, that was the move, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> and the other one that always gets me, and I'm sure you've heard of the song, um, because it's now being played as a Christmas carol. I love the song, but no way should it be a Christmas carol because it's a great story, but... Is it really a Christmas song? It's kind of like Die Hard, the Christmas movie. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues and, and oh, Kirsty okay. McCall. You're familiar with that song? No, I am oh. not. Nothing like a song that has the word faggot in it. To uh, mm. There you go. Boy, it is a Merry Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. It was said um, in a lovely Irish way. It wasn't a homophobic slur, just a sort of just a slur in general. From like uh-huh. one of the greatest drunks of all time, Shane McGowan, about being yeah, locked up in New York. You guys are you, all these all, all these Irish guys are a little tipsy, aren't they? A little bit. At least they sound like they're. Um, all right, Tony. So Adele, Adele, big Adele. By the way, big Tottenham Hotspur fan. If you're wondering, uh, a team that has also been coronavirus riddled. Really. Um, and isn't? Oh yeah, they play. They finally play again tomorrow, and I don't know how that's going to go. But, uh, hey, our, all of our teams are not playing. All of my teams are not playing, um, except for the Golden Knights. But uh, Bulls Bulls are under the weather. Uh, Spurs are chilling out. They don't have anything going on. So uh, I, I think this is going to be a rough winter for the old uh, uh, professional sports. Uh, what due to the, uh, the coronavirus disease 2019? Have you heard of it? Um, these, they're, they're still struggling with that, I think, a little bit. But doesn't that only affect you if you drink beer in, in clear glass bottles? Because it is a coronavirus. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. We're sort of doing this show from an angle of it's 2019 still, I think. So <laughs> through the prism of two years ago. Um, well, one of my favorite. Yeah, I think it's a beer thing. One of my favorite things, I was listening to another podcast um, put out by The Ringer, The Mismatch with. Um, oh, sure. You know those guys, Verno and yeah, and I like Kevin O'Connor. Yeah. Um, I like uh, I like Vernon. Yeah, and they were talking, and they were like, "Are we really getting more cases, or is it just because they're testing more?" And I'm like, "You guys have drunk the the Trump Kool Aid." It's like, yes, this is more transmissible. Yes, you probably need to take time off and do the right thing, but don't stress over it. Just postpone the games. You've got plenty of time in an NBA season to get those games in. Don't worry. Once your team's had it, they'll be fine for a few weeks. Stay fully vaxxed. Just chill the fuck out. Now, if it affects the yeah, playoffs, that's, probably right. that, that's a bigger issue. Maybe you need to go into a, a more bubble-like mentality for the playoffs because there's a lot less time and space around those. And But regular season, just, just chillax for fuck's sake. 
Well, I do. I don't know, Tony. I, I agree with you, but I also don't. I don't know. It's hard to see how this ends because it is going to end in one way or another. Well, I'm not saying that the virus is going to go away. I'm just saying all all of this is going to be over because we don't have we don't have none of us have the patience for it. Uh, Could I tell you how it's going to end? I've I'm going okay. to be Nostradamus here. In it's just going to get more and more mainstream. In the next two to three years, there'll be a bunch of people dead because they don't want to do the right thing. That's fine by me. And it's just going to be like the flu shot. Every year we get some coronavirus updates. We get some changes to the vaccines. We take it. We get on with our lives. That's how it's going to end. But it's going to take maybe three years to get there from this point. But to be fair, guys guys play with illness uh, often. So there's nothing that says if you get, say... Uh, strep throat. I'm not saying you should play, but there's no, uh, there's nothing binding that would say that. If, well, you know what? I, I, I guess I have a mild case, or I have a cold, or something. That cold's probably pretty transmissible. We're gonna say the common cold, about as transmissible as it gets. Another coronavirus, um, more often than yeah, not. yeah, uh, frequently, sure. And uh, you get. You know, you get half your own team sick and you guys are, you know, because teams are little walking Petri dishes anyways. I know it. I did drum corps. Drum corps is a fucking grossest goddamn shit on earth. Everybody gets everybody else's disease. But you just kind of like tough it out. Um, is it going to go that way or is it going to be like this is the one illness we will continue to test for and hold people out for? And when does that part end? You know what I mean? I, I, I think once once we know the long-term effectiveness of vaccines and they have a statistically um, valid relevant, effect, yeah, like relevant sample, effect yeah. as the flu vaccine, and I think with the amount of jabs that we're getting in most of, well, not most of the world, in Australia and parts of Europe and New Zealand and Japan, we're going to have enough data to actually say... This is how effective this is. We can now move forward. It it only kills a very minute population of sure. of those that are vaccinated, and and then we move forward. That's how we we get out of this mess, and it's going to be unspectacular, and it's going to be bit by bit, which is going to be the pain in the ass. It's not going to, not next week. Are we going to just walk out of this thing? And, right. And no, oh, no, no, I don't. I don't suspect that's the case. It's just going to be one of those, um, you know, uh, how how long are the leagues I, I from maybe from a sports perspective, how long are the leagues willing to put up with this is something we test and monitor for, or, well, this is what it is now. You know what I mean? The teams are in charge of it. Now the league isn't your, it's your protocol. You make your decision, you know, again, I, I think that happens on a league by league basis. And I, 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 I can see it coming to an end in the 2024 20, season. Don't ask me which end of that season, whether it's Hey, before the Super Bowl, am I right? Come on. Let's get that <laughs> We want we want a we want a good Vegas Super Bowl, okay? Because you've got a really healthy population there. That's the thing. You've got super fit athletes with less um oh, I thought you meant in the US. I'm like, what the no, fuck are you no, talking about? No, um I'm in. I'm in. The, I'm in a relatively high percentile of health, and I'm a fat piece of shit with artificial you know? valves. With artificial heart valves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. You know, I don't have diabetes or anything, you know. Nothing wrong with that. No, no offense, but. Offense taken. <laughs> offense taken. But yeah, hey, I, a lot I think of people we, here, a lot of kids are getting it here when they're like 25 years old by being big, like insane lunatics. Yeah, I really think it's going to be a slow thing and it's going to be a sport by sport thing. We're going to see um, less games postponed, but we're going to see a slow phasing out of testing. We won't see the elimination. Sure. Elimination of testing for, I think, the next 18 months. And then after that, I think we'll see. It's just something yeah, you probably play start with. testing. They'll probably start testing you for it when you go to the doctor if you're sick. Yeah. You're, you're, you go to, like if I go to the doctor and I have a sore throat, they give me the strep test, you know, where they rub you, they swab you or whatever. And then they're like, oh, now you got strep throat. Here's some zithromycin or whatever that shit is. Um, uh, and then... Like last year or two or three years ago, Kelly and I got the flu. Stop playing with the knife. They, uh, sorry, <laughs> they ran out of. Uh, I'm I'm working on the ASMR thing here. Uh, they they were running low on flu tests that year. That was one of those years where everybody got the flu, and it was like a disaster with the flu. Yep. Um, so they were like, "We're not even going to bother using our flu test on you. You probably have the flu." <laughs> Uh, in all likelihood, but you both got your flu shot. So you're probably only going to have the flu for like the next 18 hours. Yep. And lo and behold, 18 hours later, we were like, fine, fine. You know? Yep. Yeah. So do the flu shot works too, by the way, that shit's that shit. It's not working amazingly, but it will, it's not as good as the fucking COVID vaccine, but no. it will keep you from feeling like absolute dog shit yep. for a week and a half, you know? And that's, I think where we're going to see a change around protocols. Um, we may, it'll just be until you're transmissible, we may see that window change and that alter and you may not be sitting yeah. out for as long. You may not have to do the double negative over a certain yeah. period of time. That'll all change and, and that's when I mean, sports already, will become more regular. I already feel like I noticed the guys coming back faster than I than I thought they would, you know. So especially in basketball, I feel but like the guys are back a within hole. a few games. You can't, it's not always true, but I do feel like sometimes the guys come back quicker than you would have thought. And I know that it's because of testing, but it, it's like, okay, well, they're not having to wait 14 full days yeah, to but, retest. But sometimes it goes on for longer. Look at Joe Allen Bate. Look how long he was out. Yeah, for. That, well, yeah, but he's got, he's, he's got everything. <laughs> he's one of those guys that you know in school who gets, like, who gets every sickness. Yeah. And yep. every injury, you're like, damn, what the fuck's up with that guy? It's crazy. How, um, how mediocre that, are they? Yeah. Like, oh, they stink, dude. Yeah. I wouldn't say they stink, but like they're raving about how good Maxi is. And, yes, he's been better than expected. But Tobias Harris has been awful without Simmons there. Um, Joel Embiid has done fine, but they've got nothing else on their roster. They're so mediocre. And it's like Daryl Murray being this genius, holding out for this this. James Harden s trade that mm. just isn't going to happen. That dude's yeah. a dipshit. Not a Murray yeah. fan. Yeah, no, no, me neither. I mean, I, I, I mean, I liked. I, I, well, they were awful to watch those Houston teams, but uh, they were uh, the cool Houston because Harden they were funky. Team. But Philly's yeah, not weird. funky. They're just not deep. <laughs> yeah, they're missing some stuff. Um. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I was actually at the Golden Knights game last week, Tony. My first Golden Knights game, actually, uh, in person. Uh, I don't know if we talked about – did we talk about it last week? No, we didn't because I went on Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah, we recorded Uh, early and you went on the day you would normally record. 
Uh, it was great. It's a great crowd, Tony. I um, I think anybody who is peddling the the message that Las Vegas can't they won't support a team ongoing, uh, I, that is a that isn't true. Uh, that stadium on a Wednesday night was packed to the gills. Uh, I'd say it was about. Two percent Dallas Stars fans, I would say, very small amount of Dallas Stars fans. Um, got loud, got loud as hell. It was a great game. Uh, Golden Knights scored three in the third to to steal the game away from Dallas. So it was great. But um, doesn't this all great come, time? Doesn't this all come down to ownership and how they embrace the local community, regardless of how big the sport is? If you're just going to take your sports team here and say, okay, Vegas locals, support it. That really isn't going to be enough. And, yes, the majority of your crowd is going to come from out of town. But what they've done with the Golden Knights, I know they're in a unique position where they're not playing on the strip. and they've They are playing on the strip. Oh, are they? There you go. Yeah, no, it's on the strip. It's right behind the formerly the Monte Carlo, the Park okay. MGM. Yep. But what they've done is at least from my outsider perspective, is, is sort of embrace the local Las Vegas community. Oh, yeah. And, and therefore, there's a franchise that, that thrives in Las Vegas. It happens all the time in, in transient populations, whether it be um, New Orleans or, yeah. or even Florida to some extent. Some of the teams flourish. Yeah. Um, the Miami Heat flourish down sure. there. Yet the Dolphins, who give a fuck about the Dolphins? Because of their ownership structures. Yeah, I think that, and I also think football in person is not great. And I, um, I don't know if I, I, I don't know. There's something about football and sort of the. I don't know. Uh, I guess the Dolphins. Dolphins have a great legacy, and I think Vegas people who like football will get behind the Raiders. But I don't know. There's something unifying about the Knights. So that, those yeah. crowds are really good compared to the even the Raiders. I don't know if people are on the Raiders yet. I will say the Raiders have had a tough first year with fans in the stadium. I got to say, with with sucking and also having the racist, um, uh, uh, homophobic coach, and and, um, and phobes turning up to every game. Well, <laughs> it's a little bit of that at the Golden Knights too, but not all of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, how does he get? So, how many get? This is what I, we can't I, work we, out. We, for people that don't know, Phobes is somebody that I used to um, be involved with in in another um, podcast. Some of you will know this, Nick. You'll know this, and very, well, there's no very well no reason he's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh, Phobes is isn't. No. Oh, okay. But I, but I was talking that Nick Talk and and P Mac and a few others will know who Phobes is. Um, sure. I have no idea how he gets these tickets. I play poker with the guy when he's not at a Raiders game on sure. a on a Sunday night, and we, when he's not there, we talk about it, and we can't work out what he's got on people. Because let's be clear, his personality is not sparkling. Anybody that's listening <laughs> to him on a podcast will know this. He's not wealthy. Um, does he blackmail people? I don't know. He is the ultimate mooch. We know that. The dude will mooch off anybody, but I have no idea how he gets so many Raiders tickets. I think he's been to every home game this year and hasn't paid for a single ticket. And he's been mm. to all the uh, UNLV games and hasn't paid for a single ticket there either. To be fair, I did. I also did not pay for this Golden Knights ticket. I just want that uh, to be... Uh, I, I actually... I do believe it came from someone 
who worked on Cash Poker. Tony, oh. if you if if just to for that, that <laughs> wow. bug in your ear, <laughs> I uh, didn't know Brian's contacts went that deep with um mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the uh, people around Cash Poker. Of course, um, yeah, friend of the show, yeah. Brian Malika was the former host of of course Cash Poker. You can find it. You can find all nine episodes on dailymotion.com, <laughs> the website where you find stolen fucking French television or whatever. Um, uh, and for the record, uh, I didn't say any of those things about phobes. That's all Tony. So, uh, if phobes, if you're out there, I didn't say any of that stuff. That was, you heard, you he, heard he him saying, I don't do that good of a Tony impression. He can punish me in, in the poker game or he can try and punish <laughs> me, but I'll take him for a couple of racks. That's fine. Sure. Four racks even. Um, we play no limit. So yeah, four racks. But yeah, t- I, I took them for two racks the other day. So that's all right. Nice. Nice. But yeah, Tony, um, it's it's a good food scene there at the Knights too. I just wanted to shout out they have a Shake Shack in there and it actually has okay prices for Shake Shack in a stadium. You can get a burger for under $10. That's not bad. Um, uh, we did drink a uh, – <laughs> I'm realizing this is funny considering we, we drank a Jameson Mule. Um, uh, and that's a drink. I just want that to be clear. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was a Moscow Mule, you know, with Jameson instead of uh, instead of vodka. Um, they they have some nice. Uh, I had some kind of nachos. That, yeah, I, I don't know. I was a hankering for some for some stadium nachos, and those were pretty good actually. From um, kind of a chef driven stand there, Brian ate bow. He had, he had the classic hockey game bow, uh, which were good as hell. I will say that, but it was a kind of an interesting thing to eat at a at a. At a match, but now uh, what did he have in his bow? Because there's so much you can have in bow. I'm I'm a sucker. I think there's some kung. I think there are a couple with kung pao and a couple with um some kind of shredded pork. Okay, um, I like some pork belly in it know. too. Like some yeah, I think it was pork. Maybe it was pork belly. That might have been it. But I remember there was a kung pao one. I I had one of the kung pao ones. Pretty good. Um, but yeah, good scene at the nights. Highly recommend if you're in if you're in Vegas. If, if even if you aren't a crazy hockey fan. I mean, I barely know anything about it. Um, I just like watching them pretty much. And um, following my fantasy guys is pretty much all my hockey knowledge. And um, it was a great time. So highly recommend that stadium. Good hangout. Uh, Tony, uh, one other thing we, uh, speaking of food, um, I thought with the holidays coming up, maybe we should talk a little bit about our favorite Christmas meals. And I realized when I was thinking about this, that I do not know what you're eating at Christmas dinner. And I maybe ask you this every year, you do. but is there a Christmas dinner situation? Are you guys eating lamb? Is it lamb? This year it's not, it's actually pork. We've got a, um, we've always had a good deli in town, but we've got a, a another deli in town. Well, next town over. And they're doing, um, a lot of their own butchering. It's, so they come from an Italian background and they do a great porchetta, porchetta roast. Oh, hell yeah. And so they they season it all up. I'm going to put it on a spit and roast it over an open fire. That's going to be my sort of um, contribution to this year's Christmas dinner. So that'll be oh, yeah. a, a roast of porchetta done over an open fire. It's amazing. We've had it before. We haven't done it over the open fire, but I've done other rolls of pork that haven't been as choice as that. So that's going to be delicious. Uh, there tends to be some baked ham. That That's probably the only thing that 
we're sharing that's what with, I'm, with your Christmas. That's what I'm doing. I'm I'm doing some ham. I, I'm yep. going easy. I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like doing a rib roast this year. I'm going with the ham. Fair enough. Um, and and then it just tends to be um, whatever we 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 decide to cook that year. There'll be no sort of standard dishes. Um, other families always do a roast meal, and often they have turkey or they have lamb or beef or pork. It, it really comes down to what your favourite roast is. There's no traditional roasting joint in Australia for mm-hmm. Christmas. Some people do the turkey thing because they think they're American, even though you only do that at Thanksgiving. But Some people do turkey at yeah. Christmas. Okay. I like a good roast chook as part of my Christmas dinner. That That's the way to go. I like a lot of cold sides. If I'm going to have something hot, I like a good cold side. Lots of good salads. Not just like lettuce, but pasta salads, um, rice salads. No, I'm into that. Bean salads. We've got. That'd actually be good with porchetta because porchetta's kind of got like a um, very floral, um, herbal quality to it. So maybe some something cool and sort of refreshing. It'll be a nice combo with it. Yeah, a store Um, would go great with it because it's got that that sage. Stuffing inside mm. it, sage paste. Mm. There's a, so there's a, this is, this is another thing. Someone, someone, if we can get Max Allotment back here to do triple D memories with me, I'm remembering this is actually in Chicago, Tony, and I don't remember the name of the place. It was in the South Loop in Chicago, but somebody made this porchetta sandwich on ciabatta and it looked so fucking good. I'll never, I'll never remember. I don't even, I doubt the place is still around. This was in the early triple D days. This is like a 10 or 12 or 15 years ago, triple D joint. But it was in Chicago, South loop Italian deli. The guy was rolling up and roasting the whole son of a gun. And you let it cool down and then get it on the meat slicer and slice the thin slices and pile them up on the piece of ciabatta with a bunch of olive oil and maybe some, a slice of provolone, throw it in the salamander. And I think it had pickled fennel on it, if I recall. Ooh, Some pickled choice. fennel on there. Uh, that was a good-looking sandwich, Tony. I'm going to have to see where that was from one yeah. of these days. Now, when they roast it there, they, they slice it, but they actually hand-slice it with a, like, massive knife. We're talking... Oh, yeah. Which is a right. way to go as well. That's pretty delicious. I'm going back to Chicago this week, Tony, and... Um, I'm okay, gonna be, I'm going to be in my food situation, but uh, well, that's what I want to ask you about. What is your number one? I've got to hit that shit food situation <laughs> in Chicago. Is it Italian beef or is it something else? First, I'm I'm hoping to get two beef sandwiches on this trip. I got to get two of them under my belt, <laughs> literally. Um, we got a car exploding out here. We got the car alarm going off out here. I can't even hear um, that. I don't think it's my car. I don't know why it would be. But uh, there's um, the Italian beef is going to be a big, you know, hot, hot with hot jardinera. You know, I'm, I'm bringing back. I already know I'm bringing back like four bottles of jardinera, two for me. And I already got two people who have asked me for for some jard. Um, is one of those Brian? Again, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, he's a sucker for jard. Well, I, told, I actually have a friend who's who's sort of leans vegetarian. And I told them that it's very good on eggs. It's very, very good with your oh, with, with with eggs and at breakfast. And she's like, oh, "I got to have that because the one from Blown is so good because it has big pieces of olives and stuff in it, and that's oh. the, that's a good kind." Um, 
Now, is Buona going to be one of your, your Italian beefs it, of choice? It will be both of them, probably. It's <laughs> my favorite one. It's very salty, but I like it that I mean, it's just a salty thing, and they get a lot of flavor into that beef, into that top sirloin roast. Um, it's just a great sandwich. They just make the best one to me. They have the best bread. Uh, they pile on the hot peppers for you. Um, it's just it's just my favorite one. So I don't know. Uh, so that'll probably be both of my sandwiches. Um, depending, we'll see how we'll see how lucky I get. But um, you know, we're going to dinner at V. Right? That's a restaurant I think I've mentioned before. That is like a kind of a prefix type restaurant out in the suburbs. It's really really good. One of the one of the like only restaurants in the suburbs to ever get a Michelin star. Um, back when they actually came to the suburbs. Um, the only reason it lost its star was because they just said, well, we're not going to the suburbs anymore. And V's like, thanks, you know, <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks, Michelin But um, that's Paul Verant. You can watch an episode of Iron Chef with Paul Verant getting his ass kicked by Morimoto, as one does. Um, but he does a lot of pickling and stuff. So this is a good time of year to go there because it's all the summer veg that have been like preserved and pickled are on every dish and they're all so good. Um, other than that, you know, I'm going to try to get a, some pizza from Michael's, my old pizza place when I was a kid that I loved. Um, I would in my old hometown. Deep dish? Going to hit up on, what's that? Nope. It's, it's tavern cut, thin crust, square cut, Chicago bar pizza. It's good. And um, good iron and glass, baby. You know it. Got to hit up the old bottle shop with my pals. It's their fifth anniversary Saturday, so if you're in the area, hit them up. Um, they have a lot of good tappings going on. If you're any of the people in Chicago, which are mostly people I know already and have told this, so it's fine. Um, other than that, you know, I don't, I can't think of any sort of specific food plans. Um, sure, I'll try to try to get down some, um, you know, just some of my other favorite like. Good. I'm, we're going to Half Acre. I love their food. Going to go to Corridor. I love their food. I wouldn't call that like Chicago style anything or whatever, but it's great places. I think we're going to go to Corridor for the Barman's Banquet, which is the like $15 burger, beer, and a shot uh, nice. thing. So it's going to be a great, it's going to be a nice time. I'm feeling more positive about it. It's going to be cold, I know, but um, I'm feeling less pessimistic, although I will be very excited to come back home. In, in Vegas um, once Christmas is over. But, uh, you know, it's happening. So all my Chicago pals out there, drop me a line if you guys want to if you guys want to chill and talk some, uh, you know, whatever it is. If you want to give me some revolution cans, that's actually what you should really be doing is trying to find me some VSOJ. Now, I, you're going to have a good food experience in Chicago. I recently had a great food experience. Um, I went to a small little town um in mm. Lindenau, about 45 minutes away from where I live, a uh, population of 450 people, according to the last census. Um, now, I've, I've sent across a link for their um, example daily menu. It's not the exact one that we had. I just thought I should give you this as sort of a – because we're going to play a version of Untrapped but for food. Uh-huh. Um, well, oh, did you send me this in Facebook there? No, I sent it in, in our doc. Um, oh, in our doc. Yeah, that's uh, that makes sense because I'm in it. Yep. So, All right. Um, looking at their menu gives you an idea of what they're, they're sort of serving, the quality of food. Um, no, yeah, this is a nice menu. Yeah, this is nice. Ooh. It, it, Bro, 
it had really changed from what they're serving there because they do a lot of seasonal stuff. Basically nothing on there is the same. But I just wanted to give you an idea of the the quality of, of food that was available there. This is an Australian dollar prices. This is actually yeah. pretty pretty not that expensive. Really cheap for what the quality yeah, of food that for what it getting. is. I'll tell this you what chicken and leek pie. Yep. Chicken okay. leek button mushroom. I don't know what Kaiser Fleisch is. I guess that's a cheese. They get a lot um, of local cheeses. Um, and they and do explain and everything pie. there. Now, I'll tell you what I had. Well, we actually had a it's not on the menu, so I'm gonna to have to go from memory. We had to share as a table for sort of a, what we would call an entree, you would call them an appetizer. We had the chicken liver terrine, which mm. had um, a local port in it or a port-style wine. I think that's an appetizer. I think we would yeah. both call that appetizer, Tony. No, we wouldn't. We would call that an entree in Australia. That's the weird thing. Entree, first course. All you right. guys would All call right. it an app. Trust, trust me, we call it an entree. Okay. You don't let you have that one. <laughs> um, and it was served with a couple of cornichons and a little bit of salad mm. and some really nice sourdough, some locally made sourdough. Yeah. And for my main, I had asparagus salad with smoked trout and another local cheese that I can't pronounce and can't remember. That was fucking amazing. And for dessert, I had the rum and raisin creme brulee. Not creme brulee, creme caramel. Sorry. Oh, yeah, creme caramel. Yeah, that's good. Um, Now, in saying all that, you've had a look at the menu and the prices. What do you think their Google review score is? There is 319 reviews. I would say for a local place like this, it's like 4.9 or something. I have to give it to you. It is 4.8. So Yeah, I, I, a little place like this. Actually, I feel like those I could guess pretty well. All right, Tony, I'll, 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 I'll send you this. Here, we can peek at this together. You can tell me what I should order. Um, this is the V prefix right now. Let me just drop it in the dock here. Okay, let's do this. Um, all oh, right. Scintillating podcast. There we go. What's that? Yeah, no, this is good content, gang. It is. Um, hey, we're going to be gone a week. You could listen to, hey, if, if you're, if you're going to miss us next week, stop the show now and just put it back on next week. And you've got two. You know what I mean? I'll even do the intro. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Griff. Another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. We're just looking at the V menu, uh, picking up where we left off last week. If That is if you stopped. And if not, you can just continue listening anyways. Uh, anyways, Tony, so here is the... Did you get that link there? I did, yeah. Very disappointed um, so we got, in their beer selection. That's actually, this bad. is a good beer. Yeah, but all of these beers are really good. Well, I don't know. Miller High Life? Beer lager. Uh, You know, a lot of places carry Miller High Life in Chicago. It's just part of the deal. I don't know why. But Goldfinger Lager and that Kins Lager Common Rye, those are both fucking good. Okay. And that price, seven bucks for a high-end beer like that at a fancy restaurant. True. bad. Um, But yeah, so you get three courses for 60 bucks. Um, I'll probably do the dessert, which will make it four for 70. Um. But what am I looking at here? What 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 are you what what are you picking for me if I'm if I'm going through this tasting menu here? We got uh, even the first some course. Good stuff on here. First course is tough because um, the first dish sounds appetizing with the smoked surgeon. 
But I'm a yeah, sucker a... for some sunchokes. Um, mm. I really like them as a vegetable and walnut vinaigrette and candied walnuts, that's that's right up my alley. That would probably yeah. be my choice for first course. So, so the three dishes, everyone, are a sturgeon dish, there's a sunchoke salad and these roasted carrots. The carrots and the sunchoke are my two my two favorites, as much as I love sturgeon. Um, it's actually partially because of the wines, because the garnasha, the white garnasha sounds better to me than Riesling. Um, but the, uh, the sunchoke sound with ham hock is, yep. is pretty good. Yeah. Second good course, one. I'm down to two choices and that's, um, the scallops or the sausage. You can, the first one I'll take a pass on. I'm sure it's delicious, but I'm going know, to that go. That does sound good though. I love leeks, but it yeah, does. I get you. More, yeah. But I'm going to pay the $5 supplement and I'm going to go with. You know, scallops. I'm going to go with scallops. It's. Just sounds perfect. Enough acidity with the with the apple cider. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've actually had that third dish before because they house make that sausage, right? Yep. And um, I swear they've had that on a previous menu with the lentils and the mustard greens. So I, I would pay the supplement. Go go for the scallops. I'm a sucker for scallops. They're delicious if done well. Uh, third course. This is a tough one. Um, actually, oh, they just the, changed this. This is new. They just updated this the other day. The Branzino, probably mm. a pass. It's between the other two. I'm a sucker for mushrooms. Um, it's, it's probably going to be good. really good um, pasta. So give me the mushrooms ricotta and grilled greens, ravioli, oyster mushrooms, butternut squash, velouté, and right. chips. That sounds delicious. That's what. Yeah, I'll be torn between that and the wood. And I know, I know, Kelly will get the Bronzino. She loves seafood from this place. She's. It's not because she's a piscatarian, just common seafood eater or anything. But she, um, uh, V does a great job with all fish. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure she'll go that way. Now, but the um, that sirloin, they they have this wood grill there that puts so much wood flavor into everything that touches it, and um, it is uh, that that is going to be really good. Now, for dessert, we're paying the $10 supplement. We've already said that. Of course. What am I doing? Yeah. Um, pumpkin spice butter cake. Sure. Fine. Apple fritter. Overrated. I'll point out. But this is This probably- fella is, the chef is from St. Louis. So when they're talking butter cake, they're talking gooey butter cake, the St. Oh, okay. Louis um, specialty. Well, that, yeah. that does change it. Got it. That's back on the menu. Apple fritter. I'm sure it's delicious here, but come on. Mm-hmm. Apple fritter. It's between the Bartlett pear sorbet with um, ginger and lemon granita, or it does sound nice. The gooey butter cake. You haven't had a particularly heavy meal. I think you can mm-hmm. go with the gooey butter cake to round things off. Lock the gooey. I think butter cake I, I agree with you. I think it depends. If you if you ate that sirloin and the sausage and the sturgeon, I think you're eating sorbet, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But if you sort of balance yourself out a little bit, I think you can do the butter cake. I'm not sure. I um I, I tended I tended not be the type of eater that I used to be. I, I have a hard time eating all that and then slamming down a big heavy dessert. So um who knows? I might be eating sorbet for all I know, but um that butter cake does sound good as hell. Can Kelly and I split that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of us pay the ten dollars. Can you order me a side though? Because I want to see how good this yeah, is. Yeah, sure. Um, it's available on their 
a la carte menu, the yep. cheese curds, the beer battered cheese curds sure. with the beer jam I'll get the bucks. I want no to problem. try that shit. That sounds delicious. I'll snack. I'll snack on some curds for you. No, no problem, Tony. We, uh, you, that's a good excuse for me to do it. So I will report back on the cheese curds from V. The the bad news of doing that, Tony, is that it'll be Kelly's favorite dish because every time we go to V and they have something on the menu that's like five dollars, it always she's always like, you know what? I love the cornbread. And I'm like, it's five dollars. <laughs> it's not bad that it's good and everything else was great. It's not that she didn't like everything else. It's just like. Yeah, you got to take them to Value Town, and and it's not really taking them to Value Town on a five dollar item. The, the six dollar dish is the thing that wins them over. Whatever, it's fine. All right, Tony, why don't we uh, get into our uh, uh, Discord here? It's we've we've already meandered around uh, everything for the last few uh, hours, it seems at this point. Um, so, Tony, what do we got going on in the Discord this week? Maybe not the. Oh yeah. I got it right that time. There he goes. He nailed it. Um, of course, our buddy, uh, our buddy Nick was was living it up again. He was working working out a campsite. Uh, jealous. The closest I ever get to that is I'll work out on our balcony. Um, but I'm also fucking lazy, so just the idea of setting up anywhere else but here. Um, although to be fair, I have to work at like my in laws' house in a hotel for the next week, so maybe maybe I'm just about the same. Um. Uh, but it looked nice. That was a good good setup. I'm not sure. I can't see what he was drinking. Oh, he's drinking Colonial Pale Ale. Tony, are you familiar with that beer? I am. I'm very familiar with that. Okay. That's that's a staple that you can find at any decent bottle shop. Um, really, really solid beer. Um, Colonial have two locations. There's one in Melbourne, and there's one in the um, former state of Australia, WA, which is now its own country with its current border restrictions. Cannot get in or out of that. It's kind of like the North Korea of Australia, but it's in the West. Well, other than the um, oppressive regime, you just can't get in or out of there at the moment um, with yep. their border restrictions. But they have a location there as well. And I've been to the WA location and not the Victorian location, believe it or not. Um, but brilliant beer. My go-to is not actually their pale ale. It's their draft which is actually a Kolsch style mm. beer, and you know me with Kolsch. It's just a quality. You love easy you love a Kolsch, Kolsch. yeah. Um, Tony, we had some other um, we had some good beer chat this week. Actually, uh, I posted up a, a Horace email I got last week, which was for a, a, a mead set. And Tony, this mead set was five. I don't know if you guessed the price on this. I don't think I. Um, I put it up there. No, you did. It not. was five. You want to take a gander at it, Tony, real quick before I tell oh. you. It was five bottles of mead, five two hundred mil bottles of mead, um, filled with with some mead, unfruited mead, had like vanilla or peanut butter, like different for the different bottles, and they were aged in pappy twelve year barrels. What do you think for a thousand mils of mead across five bottles? What do you think that's going for? I think we're looking at um, ten dollars a hundred mils. So you say a thousand mils. I'm 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 going to say one big bill is what it costs you. Yeah, I believe it is uh, two hundred and 
$20 was what it was going for. I have no <laughs> idea with them because other times I overshoot dramatically and then other times yeah. I'm way under. I never but know. But then today, today actually, Tony, we got a, um, we're getting a 22-ounce bottle of a hazelnut-laden, pappy 23-year-aged beer, stout, for $30. See, that's a bargain. Like, okay, well, that's an awesome price. That's a bargain. Yeah, you can, I mean, I, I mean, B-Bomb or whatever is more expensive than that. Hell, most of the Revolution shit I bought is more expensive than that. My fear is it's not going to taste a, I mean, I know this is going to be true. Not a fear. It's not going to taste an ounce like Pappy Van Winkle. It's going to taste like fucking hazelnuts. Yeah, of so, course. This may be the last year for the Horace membership. It's provided me much good content, but um, I just don't know if I can make it worth the 400 bucks every year anymore but we'll see tony get convinced into all kinds of shit so who knows okay question without notice like most of the questions on this show obviously you've then got extra money to spend would it go into another beer membership and if you were to go into another beer membership whose would it be if i were to go into another beer membership whose would it be um, well, it wouldn't be any in Vegas, that's for sure. Um, but that goes without saying. What's the point? I, I think I would try to find something else that was in that area. I do love it out in Oceanside in Carlsbad. I, I don't know if Burgeon does a membership or anything, but if Burgeon did something and it was more, I mean, hell, if it was just like pale ales and shit and I could pick them up whenever and they, they made them, they didn't, I don't care if it's members only stuff. I don't know, whatever. I just, something like that would be great. Um, but I don't know if I can. I mean, I don't think I'd do the modern times one. Um, that doesn't really do it for me. Um, maybe if I could get into something like um, like uh, monkish or something like that, I would consider Pretty it. Cool. But boy, those are those are not easy to get into. Monkish or homage or um, any of those are are very 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 hard to get into. I mean, Horace is really hard to get into, and I got flat out lucky and hit the fucking lottery and got in and now i'm just like eh. you know but you know what he could send that email out at the end of the year and say like hey well this is what you're gonna get next year so i'll be like oh fucker all right i'll do it again you know so who knows now what's the collection value like on that because i know you can't resell it but could you do a lot of trading with people like in your circle i'm not talking about like crazy outside trades but could you get involved with people that you know for great chicago beers in return me Maybe, maybe I could, I don't know. It just, it just feels like a lot of, I don't buy a lot of it. I buy one of everything pretty much. Yep. So I'd have to really start thinking through that on how I wanted to do it. And then the the other thing is I have a, I mean, Tyler, I appreciate you, my friend, but I have a, I have a mule for most of the beers I want in Chicago. So (laughs) I really don't have to do any work to get those. I was Um, just thinking. I just have to pay. I just trade money for it. I was just thinking um, maybe your Horace, um, what you don't want out of your Horace membership could go towards like a whole shipment of, of double Benthic. Probably could. Because that shit sounds amazing. I know. I know. I'm picking up my regular Benthic next week. I'm excited for that. Uh, Tony, we also had some posts from Nick here. He was sure doing did. a little brewery hopping at Two Rupees. Nice looking place and this stomping ground. Which looks very good, and he was drinking some Roush beer, 
and he, he's living it up. That, this place looked nice. Next door is a place called Royal Stacks Burgers. Now, this place, these burgers look like a Shake Shack burger. So I don't know what's going on with that, but I know um, that's kind of impressive for Australia because Australia is known. It's a good looking, good looking for, burger for some shitty, shitty burgers. Stomping ground. Their stuff is available in a lot of places. I've got to say, but the menu that Nick had available to him at the tap room. Dramatically different to what I see on the shelves at my local Dan Murphy's. That Roush beer, that was the first beer I looked at. And some of their their tart and sour stuff is good, but we don't get anything more than their watermelon smash, really. So, okay. I well, really want to go there. Um, there's a bunch it of It looks like you might because you got, you, you got invited out for a little outing with Nick. So, hopefully, that goes off. Um, in February, because uh, I'll be excited to hear about that. I believe that will be the weekend of the Super Bowl, Tony. Not the one here. The one <laughs> wherever the hell it is this year. Yep. Uh, do you know Miami? Is that where it is this year? I actually have no idea where it's going to be <laughs> now. I, if it might as well be in Vegas for all I know, because that's where I'm going to be. So whatever. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. But, yeah, it'll be great to catch up with Nick. And um, there are so many um, great tap rooms that have opened up near him recently. Um, and I like to try the ones that he's a bit leery of, those hole-in-the-wall places that he does that he does check out, that's for sure. But I, I like the sketchier places. They've always had an appeal to me as a, as a former home brewer. I'll be at one probably in two days. I'll be at Lunar, my all-time favourite hole-in-the-wall brewery. I don't think I've been there since we started this show, Tony, so maybe I'll take some pics of the classic Lunar Brewing this weekend. Uh, our buddy Corey was looking up Beer Drop, um, which is a sort of a beer shopping type Tavor style site, um, but it's very Colorado centric. So he uh, maybe it's more subscription driven. Um, and I looked through some of the beers. I mean, they all look good. It's very Colorado centric since they're based there. So there's a lot of Weldworks, a lot of Cerebral. Um, I mean, those are kick ass breweries. So I. I would say you're in good hands. Um, hopefully you don't just get a big handful of a uh, fat tire and fucking uh, Odell cutthroat Porter, which are both fine beers, but you know, you could just get those at your house. Um, so I'd say that's a good one. And then T woods drinking some revolution beers, of course. That's cool. So good stuff there. <laughs> I love how you can say that so nonchalantly. These he just does it. It's just every week, I, and I'm jealous of it, of course. But I mean, he's just—that's just what he's doing. He's drinking rev beers. So um, there, there's this character on here that I was kind of jealous of. Um, goes by the name Griff, and like, yes, it's a beer that's available everywhere. But if this isn't one of your favorite pilsner, what are you doing? We'll talk about it. Are you later. talking about Tremor? We'll talk about it later. But I just wanted to say it was in the Discord if people wanted to check it out. And my classic pills. Yep. Yeah, it's a great beer. It's not available everywhere, just for no. the record. But what um, what the hell was um, Smooge doing in Beach? Oh yeah, Smooge. Yeah, I should have put it in Celsius Central, but it was just I, I had to get or the Gloop eyes City. on it. Or Gloop City, but this was some stuff. This Smooge Apple Pie. Um, actually a brewer I follow named Jenny Fallon from um Dovetail. Oh, was drinking some uh, smooge apple pie. I guess it's a test flavor they put out. And the color on this is looking a little bit bad. Um, a little brown. 
And uh, she says, this has both the taste and consistency of cinnamon applesauce lol. <laughs> so if you like yourself to, if you like to uh, hospital style, have to drink your cinnamon applesauce. Um, and I can't vouch for that as a fun experience. Then um, you can get your hands on some smooge apple pie made by the good folks at Holmes Brewing in Ann Arbor. Good luck with that, my friends. Now, seeing you're in, on the non-beer train, you know our good friends at Bilson's do the mixed mm-hmm. vodkas, cordials, lemonades. Sure. They had a flavour the other week, and it tastes exactly like what it says on the can, which is kind of like this apple pie from Smooge, although this looks a lot better because it's just clear. They do a fruit tangle, which is just a version of the classic cocktail, the fruit tingle, um, and the lifesaver that's the same flavour. Absolutely delicious. Mm. Sold out everywhere across Australia. So any of our Australian listeners, check your local supermarkets. Bilson's should be available everywhere. Their fruit tingle flavour. Get your hands on it. Get it on the resale market. You're going to make a fortune because they don't even have the syrup to make more of that shit. So no, no, all right, delicious. I think that Jack Daniels seltzer has made its way here, Tony. That you had talked about before. I think we're getting that now. So get yourself some. Uh, it shouldn't I, be more I than gotta, a couple of bucks a can yeah, for you. I think. I think, we'll, I think when we get back to Vegas, we'll have to give that a spin. So yep. Um, cool. Well, that's the Discord gang. Nothing new in the mail keg this week. I would. I would play the mail keg drop, but there's no mail for us. I only played half of it. Don't worry. Uh, all right. Um, I mean, Cor- Corey did ask how much is an Australian dollar worth, and I pointed out that it's worth point zero 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 one four Bitcoin. If you're wondering how much the Australian dollar worth is is worth these days, so, I um, think it's around that doesn't 60, really count sixty eight US cents. So, uh, all right, but it fluctuates. Well, good to know. We're, we're what's yeah. known as a kangaroo currency, so we get traded on the market purely as a speculation currency. So it has no sounds real. Like, sounds like Bitcoin to me. Pretty much, yeah. We're actually a real currency that is actually worth something. You can use it. You could use it to buy something other than children, sex, or drugs. Well, the thing is, you can't really do that with Bitcoin because Bitcoin, unless you're physically check. Exchanging hard drives isn't anonymous. The, um, the oh, yeah, IP right. addresses and everything. It's a public record. Yeah, it's on a ledger for fuck's sake. You can't even use it to buy sex and drugs. You have to, you it. can't use it to buy All you can use it is for like the Papa John's from that one spot that well, does it. So. I'm going to recommend people check out another podcast. When we don't have a show, check out Behind the Bastards, specifically their mm. cryptocurrency um, series. It's pretty fucking good shows what a scam crypto is especially nfts um but yeah crypto is purely a scam but hey if you make money from it good luck to you all right tony we're an hour in let's uh, or so let's do the beers of the week oh you caught me drinking i didn't know we were changing segment let's go to beer of the week lager style Griff's Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. And Tony's. 
All right, Chris Lager of the week is uh, the one I already mentioned on accident. It's Trumer Pills. Trumer Pills has been the Lager of the week before, of course, but of course, boy, you just can't beat that Pilsner for a solid seven forty nine a six pack. Um, it's about as good as it gets. It's made by the Trumer Brewery in Berkeley, California. I've mentioned this before, but they are an Austrian brewery. They built a brewery here in California, uh, and they brew that for the West Coast, and we can have it whenever we want. I think they get out to Illinois, too, occasionally. Um, and uh, Nick Torque pointed out they only get that in swing top bottles over there yeah. that you guys do. Well, uh, you're probably getting top. the one from – you're probably getting the one from Austria, I would be my guess, if you're getting that. Um yeah, we, so maybe someday we can do a taste test back to back of trumers from various places. We get it in the bottles, but not the swing tops. Maybe Nick's different market and it only swing tops, but we get the the um the cap top. Tall boy bottle. Yeah. Oh, just cap top. Cap you should top. see where which brewery they're made at. You might get the California one. I mean you're probably closer to California than you are to Austria. Who I don't really know, it's probably cares? about the same. They're they're fucking delicious. Who Whoever makes yeah, it, that, that's not like Guinness where it changes from time to time. So I am curious, though, what, which one. I've, I've never tried the Austrian version, so I'd be, I'd be curious to try it. I'm sure it's probably about the same, but and it's water. I mean, water in Pilsner is pretty important. The water could be different for all we know. I don't know how much water manipulation they're going to do to it. They're probably they probably do some, a bunch. Would be my guess. They yeah. do a shit ton, so I think they yeah, match it up be my guess, well. That's, that's my lawyer of the week. Tony, what do you got? I've got one from Brick Lane Brewing Co. Um, Brick Lane do a bunch of stuff, but this is something that they send out to a supermarket chain. Mm. Um, did you want to take a guess at what supermarket chain that would be? I don't even know what your supermarket chains are. Albertsons, I don't know. Who? Tesco. Do you know another Australian part of our Discord? Where does he buy cheap good beer? Oh, he's mentioned this. Um, you have this supermarket uh, chain in your country. IGA. No. Aldi. We do have that supermarket chain. It's Aldi. Uh, Aldi. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. I've told you this. We don't have Aldi here. I don't think about it Yeah, anymore. not in Vegas, but in America you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got that Aldi. He got that Aldi advent calendar. That's right. Yep. But I picked up their base lager, a mm. six-pack. For thirteen dollars, mm-hmm. and that's, that's pretty just good. thirteen dollars, including tax. No extra tax yeah. added on. Uh, it's just a four point four bog standard, better than macro lager, kind of delicious, but an absolute bargain at that price. Nick, if you see that in your local supermarket, pick it up. Do yourself a favour. Really suited to the Australian summer. Love it. Um, it was part of somebody's advent calendar calendar i don't know whether they did that themselves i just saw a check-in on untapped um don't think it's really advent calendar worthy but pick up a six-pack for 13 bucks right. absolutely worth it at that price killer all right tony uh that's the loggers of the week you got any beers you want to talk about maybe if you play that beers drop
right, Tony. Uh, I guess this we should be calling this the ales of the week, but uh, I'm not going to. No, because, uh, because it, it could be anything else. Um, because you, could fit some, is, you could fit some random shit in here. But when we talk about lager of the week, what we're really talking about is lager that falls in that four and a half to five and a half percent golden Pilsner-esque kind of lager. Aren't we? That's what ninety-five percent of the the lagers that we've done. The occasional Schwartz beer, yeah, yeah, but yeah, we're not we're not getting up into like um, box Do- and stuff, you know, Aventinus, yeah, Doppelbach or something, a that, celebrator. Yeah, that that'll fall into beer of the week. So nope, this is beer of the All week. Right. If it's that good, it will go into beer of the week. If it's if it's great for a lager, it'll go in lager of the week. What's your beer slash ale of the week? Going with what I'm drinking now, Tony. It's a heady topper. Drinking a can of heady topper. It tastes awesome. Uh, it's uh, not super fresh, but it's been in the fridge. It's been cold the whole time. Cold storage. Everything. Good cold chain on this. Uh, tasting good. Maybe you can taste a hair of extra bitterness, but at the same time, I think you could usually have that with heady. Um, it yeah. tends to be a little more bitter than your tradition than the current version of New England I'm IPA glad you, that we're getting. I, I'm glad you corrected yourself there and did this is the British. traditional New yeah. England, but now you know whatever. Um, than what we're used to, anyways. Um, so it's got a little more snap to it, but I like it. Uh, so that's probably the best um, thing I had this week. I will I will give a uh, uh, a shout out though, a buddy and I the other day. On a Monday, of course, we, we got tempted, met up at Corey's, and we got tempted. We were just sitting there meeting up before before I left for, for um, our trip to, to Chicago um, with both of our wives. And uh, we were looking through the aisle, and we were like, damn, they got one more of the Goose Island Toasted Barrel left. And uh, it was it's 50 bucks um, for this for the Toasted Barrel BCS. And I was like, you know what? The only way I'm going to drink this is if you and I, I split it. And he's like, yeah, maybe. And I was like, come on, let's do it. I was egging him out. I'm like, come on, dude, let's just open it. Because I'm not going to try this if we don't do this. I'm not paying $50 for this shit. So uh, we cracked it. Um, it's the beer. Like uh, one year and two years of cracked barrels. Wow, we've um, got some... Um... Our, our good friend Pastrybot there going on with Griff's voice, trying to take over the stream. What is going uh, on no. there, Pastrybot? Uh, now no, you're Pastrybot. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so it was one one year in, in a set of Elijah Craig 12-year barrels and then two years in a different set, and it was a delicious uh, stout. I really liked it. Not Maybe not enough barrel for me. Um, with a gun to my head, Tony, I think I'd still pick the – original bourbon county the cheapest version of bourbon county but um i should do a back-to-back so i don't know the thing is there's got to be so much more that those variants bring to the table you were talking about the price and you've got to bring so much more to the table to overcome that extra price tag because that base beer is so rock solid we're not talking a giant leap from one variant to the next and i think that's why the base is so bloody golden it's not three times better. I wouldn't say that, you know, no. it costs three and a half times as much. So, yep. but it was good. So I do want to say if you get your hands on it, if, if money is not an issue and I don't know who of our listeners, that's the case, but if we have any very wealthy listeners uh, or, or at least moderately wealthy who for, for them, 
buying a beer you probably won't you, you don't think you'll like for fifty dollars is not a problem. Um, that's cool. I I've bought I've bought stuff for fifty dollars, but at least I've had to like think about it. So, but have um, you really? I know to all purchases that you've made, and you've dropped fifty dollars on a beer, and you haven't thought about it. They were an impulse buy. Maybe I'm wealthy, Tony. I'm rich. Uh, I live in a two, <laughs> me and my two bedroom townhome here. <laughs> well, it's all going to beer and gambling. My number one beer of the week. I didn't. I haven't raised to any great heights other than I just had a um, Sunny Boy, and we talked about them last week. Oh, yeah. And Nick was Nick posted a picture of something that looked like a Sunny Boy, but but wasn't a Sunny Boy in the mm. Discord. But oh what, yeah, it was the little triangle frozen thing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. We called them Sunny Boys here. My mm. best beer of the week, as I said, was rock solid, but didn't reached any great heights, was by Hope Brewery, their West Coast IPA, just a rock-solid, old-fashioned West Coast IPA. It wasn't standout, sort of that new-style West Coast, but clear, hoppy, bitter, actually really good for drinking this time of year if it gets warm. Perhaps a great drinking all year round in Vegas. I like mm. them because you don't fill up on them. They're good. Love the style. This was a rock-solid example, but not a superstar example. All right. No, that sounds good. Um, so, so you're you're. I mean, it's hot there. You're locked in on these sours right now. You're. It just feels weird to me. I, I've been sort of leaning away from sort of these fresh, refreshing tasting kettle sours, and you're leaning into it now because it's getting warm. I'm yeah. I'm more in like stout stout land right now. Well, it should be noted that I am drinking a a stout at the moment, but that's just fair enough. Christmas, yeah, Christmas themed. But, yeah, I, I am starting to lean heavy into sours. You know, I love a good sour and I drink them this kind of year because that's when they all get released. We haven't had particularly warm weather, so we've been in the 60s part of this week and we'll we'll reach up into the 90s uh, tomorrow. It's just sort of the way it's no. going this year. Global warming, we're a lot wetter than what we should be. That's the way it rolls. But it won't stop me drinking sours, especially when they're fresh. Give me a good fresh can sour. Because the sours I tend to drink are kettle sours, fruit forward. You don't want to hold on to them forever. Drink them fresh when they're at the peak. That's my advice. Don't um, don't store beer unless they're designed to be stored. I've got a barley wine there that I've had for nine months and some Goose Island original that I've had for a couple of years. And I know that's going to be delicious. Mm. All right, Tony. Um, why don't we move into a little bit of uh, of that there beer? The the goings on in the beer world. I'm going to call this uh, uh, a classic segment: uh, hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right, Tony. Uh, so last week, um. We were uh, we we had to cut out a segment where I spoke glowingly of the Moody Tongue Brewery. Um, I say glowingly in the world's largest air quotes. But you know, if you want to get mad about Moody Tongue Brewery, we can just get mad about the beer stuff they do. If you want to get mad about any other stuff they do, you can just look that up yourself on the internet. Just yep. type it in, and you'll probably find it. But uh, we'll just get mad about their normal things that make us mad. Um, and in this case, what makes us mad is that they just released some $50 lager, Tony. <laughs> they just released some $50 lager. 
Um, if I can find the stupid thing, there it is. Moody tongue, the cult. I hate this fucking term that they use. It drives me nuts. The culinary brewery and restaurant. Okay. What is a culinary brewery? They put food in the beer. Does that make them culinary? I don't understand. No, or does it mean that they match their food to the beer rather than their... But they called themselves a culinary brewery before they sold food. They've only recently become a restaurant. Huh. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's just that I saw that they had Michelin stars, so I thought that's how it was designed. Sounds like... They have some good marketers there. Right. So anyways, they got this. They, they are re-releasing the shaved black truffle pilsner. Uh, it'll be available to go in bottles. A 12-ounce bottle will cost you, Tony, 50 American dollars. Um, you can buy those bottles on site on the restaurant. You can buy them for curbside, and you can buy it for home delivery throughout New York State, which makes sense. Um, the special release will be available on draft at, uh, the bar and the dining room at Moody Tongue. A champagne flute will go for $20, which is about what it would cost for a nice glass of champagne at a nice restaurant. Um, created with premium black Perigord truffles, hand shaved by brewmaster Jared Rubin, the German style Pilsner's aromatics combine flesh, flesh. Oh, no. Fresh black truffle and baked pear with subtle notes of toasted Pilsner malt. The profile marries that of a traditional German-style Pilsner with one of the most sought-after culinary ingredients in the world. The brewery's black Perigord truffles are sourced from Truffle Hill based in Man... Oh, here we go. Manjimump, Western Australia. Okay, so that's oh, the North Manjimup. Korea of Australia. I know where Manjimump yeah. is. Yep. It's... Yeah. it's um. I think that's in the Margaret River sort of region. Um, sure. So, so we're you can talk- go truffle hunting there. Get yourself a pig. Well, it's you can go truffle um, hunting there. It's in the southern part of WA. WA is known to be one of the world's driest and most arid places. But if you come down into that southwest corner, it's very temperate, very green. It's actually dairy farming country of all things. Mm. So it would not surprise me that they've got great truffles there. I didn't realize that they were using Australian truffles. Um, but now you're ready to pay $50 for it. Well, this was going to be my question. Why are you outraged by this? Because you've been known to spend more than $50 on a bottle of beer. Is it just purely alcohol content? Surely, or is it just because this brewery does marketing shit and it's not really worth the $50? I don't think this is going to taste good would be number one. (laughs) Really? My number one problem is I don't think this tastes good. No, I don't think this tastes good. No. No, no. Because I no, like- I don't think Pilsner and, Bl- and Shea Black Truffle have a great are a great match. I know there's some earthiness in a German Pils. Yes, I get what you're saying. This was going to be my point. The hops that we traditionally love in German Pils, while they've got some spiciness, play up that spiciness and and get the spicy versions. But give me that earthiness. Dude, you're taking it to a whole other level with truffles, though. That's that's like funk earth. I mean, that's that's like mushrooms times a thousand. I mean. You're yeah, but in, it's like you're the in, best part of a mushroom times a thousand. Sure. I just don't know if sort of my favorite aspects of Pilsner, which are sort of the um, refreshing drinkability of Pilsner, are really 
uh, going to be accentuated by black truffle and and vice versa. Is it a useful use of black truffle to serve it at Pilsner temp um, and and shave them into lager? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, is that is that a is that a functional usage of something that expensive? I don't know. I just don't care for this. I don't like $50 for a 12 ounce bottle of Pilsner. That's annoying to me. Um, and I do think there is an issue with the alcohol thing, Tony. I don't know. I mean, if you're paying 50 bucks, I'm not saying you should be getting drunk, but I'm, but I'm also saying that paying $50 for 12 ounces is something that's typically what you would pay for whiskey. Or, High end whiskey. Or. A or fancy membership. stout. Yeah. Fancy right. membership. You can, you can spend more than 50 sure. bucks on a 375 mil bottle of. I think ale. the most I spent on one three seventy five mil was fifty bucks. There you yeah. go. But it wasn't Pilsner, Tony. <laughs> but did it have I mean black the cost? Of, listen, it? the cost of the truffle part is all you're paying for here. Yep. All right. If this were because because there's there's not much grain cost here with Pilsner, you're only paying for the adjunct. Um, at least with stout. There is going to be the, the, the amount you're going to have to brew with, right, is going to take time, a lot of time, and it's going to be uh, an expensive and, and almost prohibitive amount of grain, you know, for a 12.5%, 15% stout, a long boil. Um, this is not going to be that, right? There is some time with lager. I get that. You got to wait for it to condition and all that stuff, sure. But whatever, you're going to have to wait for that anyways because you're putting fucking black truffles in it. How long is it going to take to absorb the taste of black truffle? You know? Um, I don't know. I don't like it. And I, I, it just, this brewery, I think, does just bug me. And that's before the stuff that you can just look up on the internet if you want to look it up. Uh, I, I've always kind of been irritated by the term culinary brewery. I don't <laughs> think... put. No winery says that they pair with food well and then just puts food into the wine. It's not how that works. Why do we have to put food into the beer and then say it pairs great with blank because I put food in it? Hey, it goes great with a sandwich. I put 10 sandwiches in it. I don't understand. Stupid. <laughs> it's great seeing Griff mad. I think this Pilsner would pair nicely with some ravioli, like some black truffle ravioli. That would be my go-to. All right. Well, you get some... Ravioli with black truffles shaved over it. Mushroom ravioli with black truffles. And this beer. You know, you're going to have to bring the show credit card. That's going to be a, that's a, what's that going to set you back? If you get enough black truffle on there, that might be a $75 dish. Hopefully. With your $50, uh, $50 pills. I suppose that is enough to eat for two people at V. At that point, over one dish. One for for fifty for fifty bucks, I mean, we're almost covering one of one of our tasting menus. I know right that's there. what I mean. It's, it's it's a lot, and it's to be fair, I, like I pointed out, I bought a six pack of Trumer pills for seven dollars and forty nine cents. I just want that to be clear. I know there's no black truffles in it. I get it. Yeah, but what would a six pack a six pack of Natty Lights be worth? And then uh, I don't know three ninety nine probably. See, there's there's your value proposition. Is um, Truma twice as good as Natty Light? Okay, yes. I'm seeing the problem with my 
comparison right there. Is black truffle pills eight times, seven times as good as the streamer? I don't know. I mean, I maybe it's just not to me. Maybe it's I. I don't. I like truffles, right? I'm not anti-truffle. I just I. I think we we're applying. We apply. It feels like a marketing bit, right? Oh, I don't no know. Doubt. It just feels like a marketing bit to me because truffles and beer. I don't. I don't feel like this got. This doesn't feel like something that somebody just came up with organically. Like, boy, you know what would taste good in this German pills? About two hundred bucks worth of black truffle, probably. <laughs> I don't know. That just doesn't read to me, you know? Fair enough. Um, so that's fine. All right. So if you guys want to get it, I, I would make sure you get it fresh. I did see one of those. Sit- I do want to point out, I saw a black truffle pills from Moody Tongue sitting on the shelf. at had uh, Friar Tuck and Champagne like six years after it was brewed. Don't buy that one. That won't Ooh. be tasting like anything at all. Truffles, Pilsner, none of it. So... I would go ahead and bypass that. Um, Last piece of news, Tony. Uh, Some study came out, best cities for beer drinkers 2021. All I want to point out here is that Las Vegas did not make the list. Not a surprise. Now, I've (laughs) I've been doing some looking over this list. No real surprises in the top 10 at all for me. They all check out, maybe other than... Um, New Orleans, that's kind of a shock for me. I didn't realise they had a great culture. But everything, everywhere else, you'd all sort of hit me to it or they'd been known Cincinnati, as Cincinnati, I would say, shouldn't be in it. Okay. Um, Pittsburgh, I'm not from, I'm not sure. I don't really know much about Pittsburgh's beer scene. Bend is fine. Milwaukee, fine. Cincinnati, I don't know. Asheville, Fort Collins, Austin. New Orleans does have one of the best beer bars I've ever been to. Um, The Avenue Pub, which is amazing. Both Portland's are great beer towns. Um, Green Bay, no. I mean, Chicago is 27. I guess that must be because of price for a beer. I don't. What is it? I I didn't read into their index but i will point out a a couple of interesting ones to me at least and that was chicago at 27 didn't think it'd be that low down no it's because of breweries per hundred thousand residents well sorry i mean it's a big city i don't know i mean that's so i guess you get punished because you're big um it does have the most total breweries of any city on this list by far so The one above it is a place that I've been to, and yes, it is a good beer city. I just didn't think it would get mentioned. Duluth, Minnesota, and Lincoln, Nebraska are both above Chicago. Oh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Boy, I don't care. Fort Wayne could have 50 good breweries, and you ain't dragging my ass there. Reno, good Lord. Well, Reno Um, was going to be the other one that I pointed out, that Nevada did have a representation. But, um, yeah, Lincoln is a good beer town, but 11 breweries? Does it really compete with Chicago with 101? Like sometimes quantity wins out when Chicago has 10 great breweries out of those 101. Yeah, we got problems with this index, dude. Dayton, Ohio is on here. It didn't even get wrapped up into Cincinnati. It just got its own spot. That's cool. Um, Springfield, Illinois. Tony, Springfield, Illinois is one of the worst places but it's Appleton, not about, Wisconsin. 
Appleton, Wisconsin has four breweries. Congrats. Uh, and it's on the top 50. Uh, what a shame. But, what a lousy, what a lousy list this is. But if, should they be four breweries that I actually visit all the time? That's really the key. In Appleton? No. I've never heard of any of them anyways. I've heard of one in Spring. No, two. I've been to two breweries in Springfield County. See? There you go. Um, and they were fine. I would put them in the solidly in the fine category. Um, one is in one of Abraham Lincoln's old like houses or something. I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah, this is stupid. Uh, I give this an F. I wouldn't put. It's not like I'm putting Vegas on here or anything. That doesn't bug me. It's just that uh, you know, f- fucking um, Reno is in here and Knoxville and Fort Wayne, Indiana and, um, uh, rapid city, South Dakota. Lord help us. You know, I mean, come on. Okay. I just, um, you want to do a road trip to these places. What are you doing? Well, I, I Googled Appleton beer and then went to the, the Google maps and they give me the ratings. Appleton beer factory, 4.1. Mm-hmm. McFleshman's Brewing Co. Four point seven, fine. Mm-hmm. These are oh, Google ratings you're looking at, or yeah, untapped? Google ratings. Okay, well, Google ratings don't ain't gonna tell you nothing, but yeah. Old Bavarian Brewing Company, three stars, mm-hmm. and that's out of one rating. My favorite, Dash Hounds Brewing, one star. Mm. Well. Appleton. I've been I've been to Appleton. I would like to make that clear. Did you go uh, to the Dairyland Brew Pub? I didn't. I was probably fifteen years old and doing drum corps, but um it's not great. I mean it's just a central it's a town in central Wisconsin. I mean <laughs> I would say this is firm Trump Trump territory would be what I would call Appleton. Was Appleton, Wisconsin is is a, is solid tr- Trump Trump land. But what's that good to, got to do with the quality of their beer? Sounds like you've got some hatred towards Milwaukee being a, a neighbor state to your former home state. This is Milwaukee. Me. Milwaukee is Mil, listen. I didn't. I didn't say that. Milwaukee is not <laughs> a solid Trump area, but uh, Appleton is. We'll just throw that out there. <laughs> but what's that got to do with the quality of their beer? There are some terrible people in the beer industry. It doesn't have to do with it, Tony. I would, I would say if you look at a place, uh, may, hey, maybe that's a different discussion. Is um, uh, can can uh, can Trump guys make good beer? Is yeah. sort of a question you might ask yourself. It, it's it's like separating um, Bill Cosby and Woody Allen and Roman Polanski from their art. Can you do it? For those three, no, you can't. But for some other people, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Well, I, I mean, I mean, objectively, can they make good beer? I don't even. <laughs> I would say objectively, can they? I don't. I don't care about the Trump part. Is it? Is that? Are they producing beer that's good? Come on, you know and there are plenty of shithead brewers. No, but, you're right. There are, of course. Yeah, there's a bunch, the worst. Some of the worst people are breweries. You're right, of course. But I would say Appleton. Um, the problem for Appleton is that there's not a lot of discerning palate would be my, my thought, but, um, uh, Hey, change my mind. All our Appleton listeners come at me, call me a big piece of shit. All my fans in Appleton, you know, you guys can let me know. I love how you went into full Steven Crowder mode. Change my mind. Cause that was his big thing. Yep. Change my mind. Yep. 
Which Crowder. isn't a debate. He's made that, I'm, that clear. I'm laying, in the, I'm laying in the hospital bed like Stephen Crowder. <laughs> Fucking oh. dying or whatever he was, having whatever surgery on his broken-ass shit. All right, Tony, I'm, I'm skipping this thing that we put in here. I was going to open my Tavor box on here. I just don't think we have time. Not I say we time. jump. I say we jump into the game. Tony, I'm actually going to pull this up on my phone because I know that if I have to pull up the Food Network website, it will explode my computer because it's a sucky website and it has one million fucking ads on it. And I feel like they still code it using, um, oh, what was that Adobe pro- product? Oh, Flash, you know, when you had to download yeah, the Flash still player. doing Flash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony, it's Christmas time. It was Thanksgiving time recently, and this is my favorite time of year to play Un- Untrapped, the Food Network edition. A very difficult game for Tony, but he's in the Crazy well again. Hell. He's down there. Um, he's going to have to keep his eyes off all those retro titties if he's going to win this one. My good man. So we have three recipes that are in the Christmas uh, uh We'll call it Cannon. the Christmas web site map for okay. uh, Food Network. Um, Canon, I would say, is tricky. <laughs> These all were in various Christmas sections on their website. So um, some of these are from Christmas sides. I got one from Christmas brunch, and I got one from kind of traditional Christmas roasts that I want to throw out here. So the first one is a Christmas side. And this one is from the goat of the Food Network. Uh, it's Rachel Ray, gang. She's gone on to do a lot of stuff. Um, she's not a great cook, but she does make a lot of stuff. And this is, let's see if this makes you mad, Tony. This is the broccoli and cauliflower gratin mac and cheese. So not we got a little bit of a, mm, see, I'm anti this stuff. I don't know. Maybe what? this is just me. I thought you. I thought you'd be more annoyed by slapping a head of broccoli and a head of cauliflower into mac and cheese. So what do we got in this? We got a small head of broccoli. We got a small head of cauliflower in florets. A pound of whole wheat macaroni. Uh, we got two cups of sour cream, a little Dijon, some chives, some garlic, some uh, black pepper, and we haven't gotten to the cheese yet. The cheese is two and a half cups of extra sharp cheddar. So this is some broccoli and shit ma- ma- mixed into your mac and cheese. Can I tell you why I don't have a problem with this? I love cauliflower and broccoli with white sauce, a bechamel. Oh, yeah, me too. With like bechamel or Mornay. I also yeah. enjoy those things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I like I like that. You smother that on, then you put it in the oven with a bit of extra cheese some some low moisture mots. Sure. Stick that under the grill. Delicious. Or salamander. I have no problem with that. Okay. This feels like a ruse with the whole wheat pasta. This feels like a ruse well, to yeah. make mac and cheese healthy. I actually wanted to bring this out. Who are we kidding with whole wheat pasta? The oh, whole thing about pasta is that double O 
super refined flour. That's where it's yeah. at. That's some Food Network bullshit. But these recipes Chickpea are... pasta, whole wheat pasta. Can you can I... put that right in the trash for me. Whole wheat pasta, probably not as bad as chickpea pasta because I've had chickpea pasta. I had it during the pasta shortage of 2020. Are you familiar with that? Very, oh, that's right. Bad. You contributed to it. You you bought six truckloads of pasta that you're still getting through no. to this day that you imported from that's Chicago to Las Vegas because you ordered that much pasta during... The no, but I do know somebody. Who, I know somebody who did that. I do know somebody who did that. So I, it wasn't me, <laughs> but somebody. Some, I know a guy who bought like fifty boxes of of penne before the um, inauguration because he was he was afraid everything was going to go down. And he was almost right. I mean, almost. Yeah. Um, but I, I I did try this chickpea pasta, and to say. Uh, Chef Boyardine actually deserved the label chef because it's that much better than chickpea pasta. Chickpea pasta yeah. is essentially, you know, the green slime you got as a kid? Oh, it's, God. It's, it's like eating that but in a pasta shape. It was just <laughs> yeah, slime, yeah, slime no, that held good. its shape. No. Chickpea no. pasta, terrible. Love a good falafel. Real bad. Give me a falafel any day. Yeah, anything else with chickpea is good. Okay, so you got this gratin. Oh, I've got to score this. With don't mac I? and cheese. How what many do you reviews? got? This has um, Tony. This has uh, I believe this has twenty reviews. Oh, right in the tough spot. Yeah, this has uh, been relatively popular. Can you give these me, are only going to get harder, to be honest? So. Can you give me like is has somebody written like a one liner that can give me? Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. Like, uh, okay, so here's let me give you two of them. So here's okay. one: very dry and not creamy at all. Definitely need to create more of a creamy sauce. As is, I wouldn't make this again. Okay, uh, but then stars. I've also got for I've also got um, this was pretty tasty. I love the addition of broccoli and cauliflower to mac and cheese. I made some additions based on the previous reviews. Um, she didn't have chives, stars. so she used a third cup of chive and onion cream cheese. That'll actually help with the creaminess, so that's a good sure. idea. Um, stirred in a little half and half and added the shredded cheddar to the cream mixture before adding the pasta and veggies. Now I'm wondering what the steps on the recipe are because that's pretty much what I would think you would have to do is make the cheese sauce and then put the things to be covered in the cheese sauce into the Pots. Yeah. Typically, how I would do it is make like the whatever you make a bechamel. Yeah, the cheese. I guess that's almost a mornay to a degree. Yeah, and then you stir in all the you stir in your. I, I usually use cavatappi. You put it in the pot in the pan. You put the breadcrumb topping and the cheese on. You throw it in the oven. And Brian hates it, of course, but it's fine. I like that type of mac and cheese. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, the, I don't know what that step is. I don't know what she's talking about. Um, so she, but she kind of liked it. It seems like, um, so some of the complaints are it's pretty dry, but some people say they, uh, they ended up with a good result cause they maybe added a little sour cream, added a little extra cheese. This lady added shrimp. Don't, don't know what that is. Um, this, here's a good one. We skipped the veggies and added some ham. <laughs> Oh, so. sorry. <laughs> At that hey, point, get Kelly in here. She's she's loving. She's on that. She, get the ham in there. Let's do it. We need the ham. Oh, All fuck right. me. Um, so broccoli and 
What do you got, Tony? It's got 20 reviews. It's a little bit of a mixed bag down there. Um, this uh, Rachel Ray, she's divisive. She's like the Lauren Bobert of um, <laughs> the Food Network. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so I'm going to score this. Oh, fucking telemarketers. We made it. We had to go two hours, <laughs> but we made it. I'm not even muting it. You can let it ring out five times. It'll go to voicemail. We leave the generic message, um, which is a British woman. That you, we available right now. Well, after the beep. You got it. Perfect. We won't return your call because you'll just hang up. There you go. You just hang up. All uh, right. So... The Indian scammers may put me off, but I still think this comes at, in at 3.8. Tony, I'm going to give you that one. That's pretty good for this game. It's 3.6 from. Um, I'll take that. For Rachel's cauliflower gratin. Uh, all right, next up. This one, this one threw me, Tony. This was one I had a hard time wrapping my head around. Maybe this is another one that you, you'll like. This one is sausage and parmesan. Waffles, and this is from G- Giada De Laurentiis. Um, she's making waffles, so we got two cups of waffle mix, uh, eggs, water, olive oil, grated parm, 12 ounces of spicy Italian sausage pulled from the casings, crumbled and cooked. Uh, she got some chives, maple syrup for serving, and she says you can serve this with sour cream, crumbled bacon, or pesto. Now, can I give you why I don't think these recipes are terrible? It's not because I think these recipes are great, but they're they're like the least adventurous step off the path you can take because what is great if you're going to have sausage and that sort of thing, it's great not with waffles, it's great with biscuits. Waffles and Mm. biscuits, not that far separated. What is great with waffles? Fried chicken, not that, that dissimilar. To sausage at this point. So these are the, the least adventurous steps you can do to create a unique, in inverted commas, food network recipe. So I don't think they're ultimately terrible. Do I think they'll take you to Flavortown? No. Do I think eating at Guy Fieri's restaurant will take you to Flavortown either? No. No. So, I, oh yeah, I've told you that. <laughs> yeah, under-seasoned, under-flavoured, kind of bland. But, so uh, you're liking this thing. So we got no, a couple no, reviews here. No, Made no, this no. for my husband, an 18-month-old. We all love them. Already plans <laughs> to make them for a future brunch. Also freezing leftovers. Purple Pat says, what is the brand of this waffle iron? Okay. Breville. I believe it's a all-clad, according to Ken S. Thank you, Ken S., who answered three years later to tell him that. Nice. Uh, Martina C. said, love this idea. Um, do these need to be served hot, warm, or are they good at room temperature? No. I don't know if a, a room temperature waffle, I don't care what's in it. Can I make a suggestion? It's not good. To yeah. her. Serve them frozen. That's the way to go. Serve them as frozen. a dessert. Yeah. Use your reverse uh, griddle. I would say my advice would be put them in like a low heat oven, like a 175 degree oven, keep them crispy. And you just throw it out there. You don't want to. You don't want. You don't want a room temp waffle. It's not good. It gets doughy in the middle. Just make them uh, a la minute. For fuck's sake. What the sake. hell? It's a waffle iron. What the fuck? 
Um, yeah. Matt Cody, only four reviews on this. I'm sorry, I couldn't find it with that more reviews. You got four reviews on this. People seem to like them, though. What you got? Four stars. Not going to go into like points at this point. Um, I think there's a bunch of people that haven't tried this that have given it stars, and there's one person that has yeah. actually made this, and that'll drag the rating down to a four star rating. I'm not saying I like this. I'm seeing all I'm saying is I understand why these recipes were created. That's sure. all I'm saying. I'm not saying I would eat this if somebody gave it to me. I'm curious about it. I'm not sure I'd make it for a lot of people, but I'd, I'd try them. I'm curious. But if it was on like a – what was that, that place in Vegas that was that served the huge breakfast place? Hash House and Go-Go. Yeah. If that was on a Hash House menu, that's something that you could – you could it's a, see. It's a curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. If they made that with the chicken and waffles, it's a curiosity. Tony, hit it on the nail. It's four It's four stars. Uh, Tony's out of the well. He's safe. He's got one more to answer, though, for fun. And, Tony, this one is uh, – see, I'm not sure. I, I put this on here because I wasn't sure if you're familiar with this type of ham roast. But this is the pineapple honey-glazed ham. Um, so this, this ham has little pineapple rings and little maraschino cherries all over it, so like all over the back of the ham. So it's got, it's all roasted in there. It's a 1950s ham is what you're telling me. Our traditional. Kind of a 1950s ham. Our ham that we do here at this household is essentially that version. It's an, not with the fruit, don't get me wrong, but ours is a historic recipe. It has no modern Dude. use. We Just seeing the recipe is so mind blowing, though. So your ham doesn't need a recipe. You stick it in the oven. You pack brown That's sugar ongoing. on the fat, yeah. and it goes crispy, and it and it creates its own sauce. Honestly, I I bought it from Standard Market uh, in Chicago. I bought it already fire glazed, so it's been fire glazed for me. I'm really just warming it up more than anything. Um, yep. Pretty much all I'm doing. It's a it's a nice high end ham. Uh, it's a five-pound ham with the with the glaze on it already. They blowtorch it into their killer. It's gonna be great. It's always good every year. Um, this one, Tony. This is a nine to ten-pound bone-in, fully cooked, smoked ham with a tablespoon of whole cloves. This is the part that blew my mind, Tony. I know it's just it's just a lot of volume. I know it's a big ham. Two twenty-ounce cans of sliced pineapple. Jesus 20 maraschino Christ. cherries, Fuck. two cups of honey. That's like $30 of honey right there. You're looking at two cups of honey. Well, honey in Australia are a bit more affordable for the good shit too. Um, we have a lot I mean, that's, expensive. that's a lot of – if you're getting honey that's not like the cheapest fake shit, you're looking at 20 or 30 bucks for that much honey. You're looking at and 20 then, Australian bucks for that, yeah, for quality stuff. And then – Wait a minute. Two cups of light brown sugar. Oh. <laughs> this two is cups g- of sugar, two cups of honey, 20 maraschino cherries, which are packed in sugar, essentially, and two, and then 40 ounces of sliced pineapple in a can. Can I tell you? Yowza. Now, my, my score and my opinion of this are two very different things. I fucking hate this idea. I think this is a piece of shit. <laughs> now, yeah, that does not think that does not make me score this low. I think people love this shit. I can imagine people 
in certain states. I'm looking at you, Alabama. I'm looking at you, Minnesota. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Northern California, off the coast. I'm looking at you, New York State. Basically, anywhere that voted for Trump. What was that city that you hated, that you didn't like their beer in Wisconsin? Appleton. They'd probably love this shit, Appleton yeah. Appleton would love this shit. And they're the ones that still go to Food Network for their recipes. They haven't discovered the value of YouTube and the quality of content being put out. They're still um, stuck on the Food Network site. I think this is going to rate a solid 4.7 on the Food Network's scale. I don't know, Tony. I'm not going to give that one to you. That's You've been too fine. close I'm to the other well. You already won anyways, but this one's a five. You got five stars. Everyone five starred it, Tony. My uh, reasoning was sound. My, my number yeah, it was. You had the reasoning right. You just didn't guess high enough. I make this every Thanksgiving and Christmas. I get constantly asked to make it again. Love, love, love it. Ingredients are perfect. Directions are spot on. Uh, but This person thing. says best way to cook ham. This person says sounds goid. And then somebody responded, sounds goid is a comment. Please make the recipe and then come back and rate it. That's that what you? this comment section <laughs> is designed for. Comments only skew the ratings and add nothing substan- substantial. And then Tammy C. says, don't be so bossy. And then Foodie15 says, yet another brilliant Einstein who rates a recipe they haven't made. So somebody getting in fights on the comment section on the, on the sugar ham on uh, can, Food Network. Can I make one alteration to this recipe? Do you think that's allowed? Sure. One less can of pineapple. No, admit, I admit the ham. Take the ham out of it. <laughs> Just serve the sugar sauce. I mean. <laughs> well, that's all you've got. Pineapple, sugar in a can, maraschino cherries or glacé cherries, sugar in, in, in red dot form. Yeah, right. Brown yeah, sugar. Honey, brown sugar, sugar in solid form. Dude, it's a lot of sugar. I mean, this is the pineapple stuffing only on a ham. I mean, it's all the same ingredients. Just put some cream in there and some egg yolks, and and you're right there. Uh, I'll be making a ham, like I said, Tony. Mine is just going to be fire glazed with maple. Um, that's enough sugar for me. Yeah, we'll just uh, pack little, it with little, brown sugar, but not two cups worth. Excessive. No, I'm not even doing that. I'm just I'm just letting the guy, the gang over at Standard, do it for me. Um, and then I'm going to make, I am going to make some mac and cheese, Tony. I'll be making mine without additives, um, other than breadcrumbs and a shitload of black pepper is the way I like it. Do you ever get fancy on the cheese? I'm not saying I do get a little, I do get a little fancy on the cheese. I'm not going Hmm. with, I'm going with nice cheddar and I'm going with some Gruyere Gruyere. type cheese. I'm an absolute sucker for that. That bakes really well as a cheese. It sort of does never gets oily, packs so much flavor. its cost um love a good gruyere and apple tart that's a good one making a little making a little roasted carrots with pecans i'll do a little bit of a sugar glaze but teeny bit like just when they fit when they when i pull out the roast i'll i'll do a little like a couple tea couple tablespoons of brown sugar glaze on top of that with some butter and then um and then uh i'm doing a green bean casserole but not the cream of mushroom version i'm only putting Boom. I'm only doing um, caramelized onions and mushrooms with a little bit of like a like a quick bechamel. So now that'll be cool. 
there, there is a chef on YouTube that I follow, part of the Food 52 network. And I thought these were going to be gross, but I definitely want to tr- try them. Um, I've got to find the recipe. So you just vamp for a second while I... Uh, All right. Well, Tony, I did open my Tavor box and I'm about to open up a vanilla deef before, I, before we oh, wrap nice. this thing down. So I got that in my Tavor box. So life is good over here. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm already packed to fly back to Chicago. Gang, I had to pack like seven or eight sweaters, I would say. Um, and they've all just been sitting in the closet and they haven't been used. So uh, I was shaking those bad boys out, getting ready for them to be worn again. Okay. So it's kind of depressing, but we'll see. All right, Tony, what you got? You vamped long enough and I'm going to reverse untrap you. So this was Food 52. Food 52 is essentially a modern food network site. Mm-hmm. Okay. What we've got is Latka. You familiar with Latka? Like a potato pancake. Yep. Cookies. Now, right. instead of using traditional cookies, crinkle cut French fry chips are used. Crinkle cut chips, sorry. Like you would get out so of So you're packet. making, so you're, how are you buying? So it's, oh, French fries are in the latka? Not French fries. I, I meant to say chips, not French fries. So crinkle cut French fries. Oh, like, not r- French like, fries. R- like ruffles. Ruffles. Like, uh, yeah, like, ruffles. like ruffles. That's what the. Right. I'll go through the whole recipe because there are four ingredients sweetened condensed milk, um, unsalted butter, an egg, and a bag of ruffles. That's the recipe. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Um, I would eat that. How many stars? Uh, what am I going to give that? 21 uh, reviews. I would say like a, oh, 21. I would say that's like a 4.3, 4.4. I can't give it to you, but fuck, I want to try it. 4.0. Four stars okay. on the knocker. But doesn't that sound good? That that's does good. sound good. I would totally eat that. Yeah, I love shit like that. Let's both make that for Christmas. All right, send it to me. I bet I can pull it off. Send me the damn thing. I'll do it. Um, all right, Tony, let's wrap this thing up. Okay. Uh, it's been too – we've gone too long. Your Griffon – a, your Griff AD on Untapped. I'm St. Moss right. on Untapped. Where else can people find us, Griff? Yep, that's where you can get us on Untapped. Look at the beers we're checking in. I uh, We are on Instagram. We are Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. We uh, get on our Discord. That's what I would advise you do. Send us a message on Instagram. We will sign you up to the Insta- or, sorry to the <laughs> Discord. Uh, and send us an email if you would like, beerengineshow at gmail.com, and we will also get you in the Discord. And if you really don't want to talk to us, or if you want to send us a tip for all this fine content we've made over the last uh, year and a half or so, or you just want to send us a little Christmas gift, we're at, um, uh, you can do that on our co-fee, which is uh, ko-fi.com slash podcast. And you can send us a couple bucks if you like. Uh, Tony, I think that's everywhere everyone can find us. Do you have any final words? I can't imagine because I think we've said them all. No, I I think we have said them all. I just want to say there is a reason why I'm struggling with my English today more than most days. Mm -hmm. It's a cat. Well, not well, I'm struggling on sleep, but 
I've had two beers and they both mm. come in at 9% alcohol a piece. Oh, yeah, baby. Let's do it. Now we're talking. All right, gang. I hope everybody has a lovely holiday. Safe travels if you are headed to some other part of the country or the world. Uh, put that N95 mask on. Do not get sick and die on us. We can't, we can't have that. Uh, we will talk to you for the drippies in a couple weeks. So long. If you're vaccinated, just chill. You're fine. Oh, yeah, that too.